0: Hello, and welcome to Affable Chat. My name is Joey. Usually on Affable Chat, we dive as deep into a topic of our choosing, and normally we talk about movies. Today is not an exception. This is a very special episode. However, we have three special guests in addition to myself. We have Nick, uh, my dungeon master. Say hello, Nick. Uh, Hello. (laughs) I have Martin, the casual HBO Max enjoyer. Martin. (laughs) Hello. I have Scott of former episode fame please scott say hello
1: great to be back joey
0: late to have you <laughs> i professional the movie we are talking about today of course is jimmy neutron boy genius
1: what else could we be talking about
0: blast. this movie is a computer animated sci-fi adventure comedy for kids the director or is John genre. A. Davis. I know. Uh, we're very, we very take our genres very seriously here. Um, I appreciate it. <laughs> the cast includes Pinky with no brain, new Winnie the Pooh, Jean-Luc Picard, Ned Niederlander, and a whole cast of incredibly talented voice actors, including Mark DiCarlo, Candy Milo, Carolyn Lawrence, and of course, the uh, omnipresent Debbie Derryberry. Um, something I want to note about this cast, actually, Wonderful. is that... Um, most, every single person I've just listed has more than 90 credits, like acting credits on IMDb. And some of them have way more than that. For example, Debbie Derryberry has (laughs) over 370. Um, and she's like known as being one of like the most prolific voice actresses in Hollywood. She won an award for like uh voice acting coaching and stuff and wrote a book that's like really well received um but someone like uh rob Paulson who voices Pinky the brain and of course carl has more than 500 uh voice acting credits and uh but the one that has the most out of everyone is jim cummings who plays uh, winnie the pooh um and uh in like the newest winnie the pooh stuff he has almost 600 Uh, acting credits of voice acting credits on imdb to put that into perspective john luke picard who or i should say um patrick stewart and martin short both of them have about have 150 and 109 acting credits and both of those guys have been in hollywood for a long time and star in all sorts of weird stuff so it's kind of impressive to see just how many things you can get into as a voice actor, especially ones of this caliber. So we got a, we got a stacked cast here, even if there's people you have never really heard of.
2: You heard it here first, kids. If you want to make it in Hollywood, you just got to get on Jimmy Neutron. So. That's right. It's and
1: I thought you were going to say Armageddon. how far they'd fallen, because Martin Short went <laughs> from, what, the Santa Claus movies to...
0: Well, I like um, Only Murders in the Building, so I think that's fine. <laughs> But okay, uh, that, that's up to your opinion. Um, let's start off with how each of us watched it. Uh, Nick, how did you watch this movie? Um, I watched this movie, unfortunately, from some video up,
2: video upload to Vimeo um, because I attempted to try and watch it in a 1080p Blu-ray format, uh, but no one was seeding any of the uh, torrents. So uh, I was unable to find a, a good uh, non-stream quality content. That is called uh, a tragedy. My, uh, yes, I know. I'm very
0: upset. <laughs> Martin, how did you watch this?
3: I watched it on HBO Max because I'm not a criminal like Nick and listened <laughs> to the you-wouldn't-download-a-car PSAs that were very popular at the time of Neutron.
2: I've only downloaded, like,
0: two
4: cars. Two cars? So. Two cars. Yeah, Round <laughs> <Right> about
0: boys. <laughs> you hear to hear There goes the economy. Scott, uh, what about you?
1: I uh, watched it using my father-in-law's HBO Max account. And since then, there has been a chat in our family group text wondering why that movie is uh, has been watched multiple times in the last <laughs> couple of weeks.
2: I, I, I will say, to, to add on to Scott's point, I did consider watching it on my HBO account, but I think my TV is currently logged into my cousin's HBO account, and I did not want to have that conversation,
0: so I decided to watch it online. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Rather commit a crime than call your cousin because of the embarrassment of watching Jimmy Neutron. Look, Scott, we brought back not... a really important
1: sort of you open conversation. Multiple... Go ahead.
0: Do you not have multiple like like channels or like profiles on HBO Can, like how does he know All right all right, all right Joey I, I no
2: I have an entirely separate family HBO account which I could have signed in and used oh. but I if you really want me to go into it I have an extremely other long story about why I was going the the route I was going on but I don't know if you want to hear it
0: so I don't know I, don't think go I have time honestly <laughs> <laughs> I I also watched this on HBO Max and this is the first time I've watched an HBO Max movie and it's not been absolutely garbage. Like because that app is literally such shit. But it's it's literally well, hey, but, it's actually gotten a lot better since I last watched it. But
1: Joey, it. the next recommendation was Fast and Furious Nine. And I did start it for a second and then realized that I just didn't want to get into that right now. Okay, I need to watch it
0: fast and furious uh, oh broadcast.
1: well we'll talk about that a <laughs> it's a good time, way to get not specific. invited back
0: you're, you're you're a former uh uh gu- oh. episode guest but this might be your last episode sky hang sure. on hang on <laughs> for the
1: record i am the biggest fast and furious fan there has that's right I am... you better say it <laughs> i would never all right Family. where's the <laughs> i would never ever deny that fast anyway that feels like we're diverging but don't don't take me for a fool i love the fast series
0: Anyway, all I was going to say is that HBO Max is doing better with their app, uh, so uh, I'm, I'm giving it a second chance. Um yeah,
3: see, okay. I hadn't watched it on HBO Max with, I hadn't been subscribed to it since like End of Game of Thrones, like two years, and I'd yeah. only heard Joey mention how horrible it is in all the other Fable Chat podcasts, so I was expecting <laughs> it to like mail my parents anthrax every time i like tried to watch a movie or something because it was that bad and then i was able to like download jimmy neutron no problem and had zero problems watching it yes the four times that i did
0: <laughs> okay that's the other thing i want to ask about, is how many times did you watch this movie nick uh i watched it once
2: but uh as we will talk about later i'm sure uh my jimmy neutron journey did not end there <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i just decided to only watch the, the film itself once <laughs> what about you martin
3: I watched it four times in total. <laughs> Why? That is a question I will take to my grave. But, you, and never but you're be not able even
0: the one who's watched it the most times. How many, Scott? How many times did you watch it?
1: I watched it twice yesterday and three times today while I was
0: working. <laughs>
1: Why? It was just a good. It's good.
3: The human, the human body can only absorb a one Jimmy Neutron movies per day, so you really only got three viewings in.
1: Yeah, I would say I, I, I definitely. The rest of it came out in sweat and, and stuff like <laughs> like like vitamins that you take that are too many.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Your brain just shuts off; it can't handle that
1: stimuli after a while. J-
0: Jimmy Neutron Soylent. Yeah. I, le- <laughs> okay. I left
1: a lot of Jimmy Neutron on the cutting room floor. I'll say mm-hmm. a lot I, of wasted Jimmy Neutron. Actually,
2: real quick, Joey, I did yeah. want to ask you: is is, is I, I didn't know if it was applicable to like as as podcast content to to bring up like like why were we watching Jimmy neutron in the first place is that
0: is that a worthy topic to discuss <laughs> i although well, I mean besides the obvious, which is that it's an incredibly great movie, but yeah, sure why don't she why don't she tell us? <laughs> there you go. we've been playing
2: d and d for what almost like almost two years, and Jimmy Neutron has probably been brought up more than any other topic,
0: but we have I, no idea why. <laughs> it's just a very formidable movie i think i think i think the answer is right there in front of us this is a movie that people are demanding we watch you know i've heard i've heard ones and twos of people coming out of the woodwork saying why haven't you done the jimmy neutron movie yet
1: at least one at least (laughs) least one person who may or
0: may not be on this podcast (laughs) okay before we move up forward to talk about this movie let's let's start with a like a brief summary what do you guys think about this movie nick we'll start with you this feels weird to just, like, jump right off the back and go, like, negative zone. I, I don't want to feel overly negative about it, but I, I,
2: I did, I would summarize this movie as being, at least personally for me, um, kind of very heavily, like, like, nostalgia was doing a lot of the work um, and a lot more work than I expected it was going to be doing when I went into this movie. Um, I think there were kind of a bunch of fun lines that I never caught as a kid that I think, were, again, we're going to talk about later. Um, but, like, like, the look of it, uh, the sound of it, the like plot pacing and, and, and whatnot, I, I think were, we're all pretty rough. Uh, and after like the meme factor of like, hey, I'm watching Jimmy Neutron after work on a Tuesday night all alone. And I didn't even open a beer for this um, <laughs> kind of wore off. Uh, um, I, I definitely kind of like started like getting up and doing other things around my apartment and like you know, like checking like how much runtime was left and being like, oh, my God, I am only a third of the way through the movie. And I felt kind of bad. But that was honestly my experience. <laughs> Fair enough. But that's not to say I didn't dig even deeper into the larger Jimmy Neutron canon, um, which hopefully you will let me uh, divulge about further.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Martin, what about you?
3: Uh, very similar to Nick's view. I was really excited to rewatch the movie, because like, I mean, this was a movie me and my brother had watched on like road trips, and just like, remember from my childhood, and then boy, was it like, whoa, wake up call in the first five minutes, because like <laughs> Nick was saying, it was kind of rough looking, and the whole pacing and everything felt like a very long like tv episode more so than a movie because i think it was like an hour mark i was like huh there's not a lot that's happened so far and there's a half an hour left um i didn't like hate it by any means but like it was just like kind of painful to watch through especially four times (laughs)
0: Yeah, I don't know if that colored your opinion at all. I'm going to guess not.
3: Oh, I, I had that opinion from the first viewing. Yeah, okay. That's a I, was I was hoping it would get better. <laughs> it's kind of like getting bit by a dog. You're like, oh boy, that wasn't good. But like, maybe it'll get better. Yeah, maybe the next bite. Oh, yes. it's not.
1: Yeah, hang on. You're right. That's a classic way we describe getting bit by a dog. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is that maybe next time it'll be better. It right, right. just kind the, of ease into it a little bit. The biting <laughs> of a dog
0: is not famously <laughs> traumatic of her children. Okay, Scott, what about you?
1: These guys are—I mean, honestly, <laughs> Joey—they're out—they're blowing smoke. This movie holds up perfectly. <laughs> Look, there's—I like there's a compelling plot. I thought the animation was still high quality. I really like that. Okay. uh That I really like that Sheen still pees in the shower for a long time, which yep. I—that's a formative moment <laughs> in my solid childhood.
2: Joke, solid joke.
1: Um Really, I—I I think that you guys thought it wasn't funny anymore because you've gotten older. Not because the I, jokes I, didn't still have For the record, I leg. never
2: said it wasn't funny anymore. That is not what I described the movie as. It, what I mean, it did were is it challenged. Of jokes that held up.
1: This movie challenged me to recognize that I'm not as young as I used to be, and uh, and and that the you know if we were watching Polar Express, I don't think the reindeer bell would still ring for me because clearly I've lost the magic of youth because this movie is fantastic. The characters are great. I thought there was good character eleva- uh, evolution in the parents and the kids. There's a strong sense of adventure. And look, guys, I think, Nick, I get the sense you've got some background for the movie. This seems like it was a formative movie at a formative time. If we rewatched E.T. right now, no one would be like, wow, E.T., what a profound character that alien was. And wow, I loved how they really made Reese's Pieces a central focus of the movie. <laughs> You certainly wouldn't say this. I mean, Citizen Kane is arguably one of the best movies of all time, but we're not going to sit there and watch it and go, wow, it really holds up to modern standards. And I don't know, Signs, M. Night Shyamalan's classic, Signs, that's a tough movie to rewatch. The reality is you pick a moment, and in that moment, a movie is either great or it's not. And this is a great movie for the moment it was in. And uh, I'll never never back off on that point.
0: That's me, Joey. I, um... I agree with you, Scott. I think this movie actually really does hold up. I, you guys uh, don't know what you're talking about. It's, I think this movie is surprisingly well-written, and it is fun the entire time. The characters are really well fleshed out. They all feel unique and have their own little bits that they like. constantly do that I think are very cute and, and fun. Um, it's got this unique and interesting premise, something that I remember clearly even 20 years after watching it. Um, and I love jimmy 's gadgets, especially when they don 't work correctly i think that 's really fun um, and like the the egg aliens are awesome. they look like great, and you can kill them without killing them, which is kind of a cool little feature um and of course, the big chicken. Terrifying, you know. I'm sitting here at night, like uh, with my covers over my head, because I, I can I, I'm thinking about giant chickens coming to eat my parents. And uh, <laughs> obviously, you know, it has issues. The animation just looks really weird <laughs> by today's standards. There's a whole thing about like what even is Jimmy doing? It's definitely not science, that's for sure. But it's uh, <laughs> it's definitely got all these great elements to make it a fun kids movie, and I enjoyed it uh, the whole way through. So um, yeah, th- that's what I think. So I think we have a, di- a wide range of opinions here. Which is good because then we we can have. Can, can I you can
2: do about? a quick rebuttal, or do you not want me to jump? Go in? Ahead, go ahead. Kind of Tell me too. why I'm wrong. <laughs> like. I, I I was just going to. Uh, no, I actually I'm not going to say. Rebuttal's the wrong word. I I just if we if we rewind the clock, I'm not going to be like, wow, young kid Nick, how could you ever like this movie? I don't want to like come across as that being my opinion of it because mm-hmm. I agree with Scott's sentiment that it was like informative kind of sounds weird to say but like I, I definitely agree that like like i saw this movie in theaters multiple times so like like me as a kid loved this movie and then continue to love all of the jimmy neutron media around it and i don't necessarily like dislike that anymore and so I, I think it's a it's one of those products that it's very it's very weird to assess as like you know in a vacuum of your current day self-watching it and with the nostalgia goggles and so for me i'm trying to like you know almost assess it as two different products and my opinion is more of the like nick's opinion of it right now if someone was like nick we're watching jimmy neutron again i'd be like i don't know if i can watch it four times like scott and martin did
1: <laughs>
2: i mean <laughs> those the some... only two options
0: you can watch it once yeah, or you can watch apparently it four that's times. the only two it's either one or four
2: and i'm i don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay uh well yeah, that's fair enough uh, I'm I'm glad you clarified so before we really dive into the events of this movie and the meat of our review let's uh, talk a little bit about the making of this movie Nick you had some background about how this was made um yes so welcome to Nick's uh, going to be cut from the podcast
2: section of this <laughs> podcast. Um, <laughs> I don't know how much you all looked into kind of the background about this movie, both the production of it being made um, and whatnot and and, and the like. Um, Very busy watching uh, it. But specifically, I... I, I, (laughs) There were what? <laughs> I was too busy watching it four
1: times in a row. Yeah, Nick, I didn't have any room for more content. I just was taking it mainline over and over and over you again. You guys watched
2: it four times. I I definitely ingested four times, like four Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius movies worth of content, alongside this one watching of the movie. So yeah,
4: we're, I would say but we're again, profoundly I, I do, knowledgeable. I do, I of,
2: yeah, I am yeah. attached to this to uh, to this canon. um I have a, a a background and a like you know a professional tie to like the animation industry and whatnot, and so I you know I find some things particularly interesting. Again, maybe none of you all and none of your viewers will give. Two all right, shits Nick, about, instead but... of telling us why we're
0: going to not like it, just tell us what they are.
2: All right, so I don't know how many <laughs> of you all are aware, but um, um, if you have not seen it, you should definitely look it up. All of you right now. And anyone listening to the podcast should definitely Google right now for The Adventures of Johnny Quasar, which is the 45-second tech demo that was presented at SIGGRAV 1995, which is the conference that I go to for work for the past seven years. And the idea of seeing this tech demo presented and then winning, winning both a best-in-show and a best-in-character animation is the most hilarious thing possible to me. So please... Look up real quick, The oh Adventures of Johnny God. Quasar, his and look at the Nightmare Fuel bigger. that is this tech demo.
1: I like that they thought that his forehead was too big, but <laughs> so big. They were like, well, we don't want to redo it, so we're just going to have his hairline not recede
0: quite as hard.
3: Yeah, I am very happy they didn't go with the, like, old
1: receding hairline comb over.
0: <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> they replaced his head with hair. That's, like, the difference, really. <laughs>
1: We can't but, redo everything. And,
2: <laughs> the the reason I find this so amazingly interesting is because I can only imagine, again, having gone to these conferences myself, I'm sure 1995 was a much different time and place for this kind of material. Mm. And I, obviously, like this technology was had a much different impact on the 1999, 1995 scene of computer animation and computer graphics than it does today in 2022 but in my head all i can imagine is this being presented on screen and then the co-producer of the what would become jimmy neutron movie and jimmy neutron tv show walking up to the original creator and saying that looked amazing we need to make this a movie
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's literally what happened
2: It's literally what happened. And I find that incredibly hilarious, even if nobody else does, and I love it to no end. So (laughs) I attempted to go even further down the rabbit hole. I did attempt to find the 1995 SIGGRAPH proceedings, um, conference proceedings. Unfortunately, conference proceedings are for technical papers, and this was not a technical paper that it was presented at. Um, Instead, this was presented as a part of a contest for the LightWave 3D engine called Waves, which was the 3D renderer that was used to create this technical demo for, for Johnny Quasar. Basically, uh, although I did try and find the original, like kind of like publication in the archives from the SIGGRAPH 1995, 1995 page, I was not able to find that. And the only thing I was able to find was the um, was the Waves like industry tech demo reel that you like you know ship around to different industries, you know, different companies in order to like show that you're good at your job. Um, I found the nineteen ninety five Waves uh, demo reel, and there is a snippet of Johnny Quasar in the middle of that, which I guess was huh. enough to present to the world that yes, this was something that was worth producing. And this technology was something worth investing in. Um,
0: And apparently people did. Um, But yes, I find that interesting. I don't know if anyone else does. (laughs) I think that is interesting. So like I, I was reading a little bit about this on Wikipedia and apparently they chose this or the person that was inspired to like buy this or like pursue it was the reason why was because it looked cartoony he like the other like animation demonstrations was trying to look more realistic but this was like looking in a different direction and trying to make it look like a fun Eat. thing for cartoons or like for kids so like that's it's, it's interesting that like it, like that's what kind of grabbed the attention and obviously it worked because there's so much computer animation that looks like that stems from jimmy neutron you know uh, even today so that's uh it is interesting to see how that is. And it's fun watching, like, something that looks so shitty. <laughs> it looks like you can make it in Blender <laughs> in 10 minutes, like, win, yeah. a, win a prestigious, like, uh, you know, award like that.
2: I do think it makes sense, right? Because if you do look at, like, the actual waves, like demo reel that gets shown out like 95 percent of it is like vfx animation and the likes of you know for like commercials and live action movies and whatnot and like credit where credit is due it is like the segment that shows off like hey this is a fully 3d animated cartoonish figure to kind of like show a proof of concept that this thing can work and jimmy neutron was like the first like fully produced kind of not not movie-wise, but like television-wise, right? Like first to kind of take that into a show and into a medium like that and not stick to traditional 2D animation. I mean, more specifically, um, I think it it said somewhere in one of the things I was reading that it was like one of the first studios to kind of use kind of like off-the-shelf software, um, i.e. like a little bit more of a kind of an Indie is not the right word, but you know, instead of like developing a lot of stuff in-house, which takes you know a lot of money, it was a studio that was like, let's see what's available on the market to just create a TV show that we want to create in 3D in CG for television, and it worked. So,
0: the other thing we should mention uh, is that when we first were talking about Jimmy Neutron, however long ago it was, we got into a huge argument about what came first, the movie or the television show, and. <laughs> I like to present with you something that makes it puts a huge wrinkle in that timeline, because it turns out that the television show, the movie came out first, right? It, the movie was released first, and then the television show came from it, wow. but there were actually pieces of Jimmy Neutron content put on Television before the movie came out, there were short little shorts, uh, interstitials. I think they're called. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. They're each each one's like thirty seconds long. There's like ten of them, and they were just little like adventures with Jimmy and his friends that were playing on Nickelodeon before the the, the movie came out. And actually, it went even further than that because they were part of the promotion. Was they were altering the uh, like um, the the current television shows uh, that were on screen. Um, with Jimmy Neutron's like uh, science devices, like they, they would uh, Jimmy Neutron would show up in like in the corner and he would press his button, and then the, the the picture would turn upside down or the the characters would turn into puppets or something like that. Um, and this was like interrupting like SpongeBob and, and other like you know big franchises on Nickelodeon to help promote the new Jimmy Neutron uh, franchise that was coming up. It was a, it was a very unique marketing campaign, um, something that uh, the that kind of has never been really replicated since but made the gave the sense that jimmy neutron had been around for a long time and was coming up as like the next big thing and uh it worked obviously the movie made a ton of money and spawned this <laughs> franchise and has stayed in our uh, public consciousness ever since <laughs> and, and, and I- <clears throat> I will say, don't quote me on it, but I, I do
2: believe there was also a, uh, a TV show pilot that was produced before the movie. So my understanding of the situation, at least, is that the, the TV show did not spawn out of a you know successful black sheep movie it was you know intrinsically tied in the you know idea of Jimmy Neutron was this will be a movie that spawns a popular television show, yeah, you know, if we play our cards it right?
0: was so. well it was it was actually pitched as a television show first, but Nickelodeon liked it so much that they were said, we want to make a movie too, and the creator John Davis was like, "Well, let's make the movie first, and then we'll have these incredibly detailed film like quality uh models that we can use in our television show and our television show will benefit greatly from having those assets, which is honestly pretty brilliant. Um so yeah, that's uh, pretty cool stuff that's only possible in uh in computer animation.
3: I didn't know that I didn't know about the uh the before um the movie was coming out, Jimmy Neutron was on the T V shows. Um because this has come up before when we were talking about things, but like gun to my head i would have said the tv show came out before the movie i know i and was then, well, I was after the reading thing. the wikipedia article yeah. i still don't believe it i
1: think it's lying <laughs> y'all got y'all got mandela affected exactly. i still yeah, don't know what that means we're in a different I know universe that this is a good example
0: <laughs> yeah we're in it exactly exactly right we're in a different parallel universe where the that's where we came from uh in this universe the jimmy neutron movie came out first but in a separate universe uh, that we all like, spawned, all from. Uh, born from except for Nick because he remembers things correctly. Uh, we uh, we all saw the television show first, so Nick
1: is like uh, one, of say, he, one of the egg he's aliens. He's from a different too. universe, exactly. and he understands what's going on.
2: Although I also didn't know about the interjecting into other TV shows, and I do find it like increasingly curious in my own mind of why I was so interested to go to this movie in the first place. Yep. And part of me wonders if like, I just don't remember that marketing and that's why I was so excited to see it. Cause like I said, <laughs> I mean, obviously I was a kid then, but I like, I loved this movie. And part of me is just like, how did I get so interested in this movie? Was it just the commercials? You know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was the exact same way. I thought I would. Be, I I remember specifically watching this show for years, or like for a long time, and, and then being like, when the movie came out, I was excited for it. But that's not what happened <laughs> at all. When the movie came out, <laughs> that's
1: not what happened at all.
0: Okay. Anyway, so uh, our our story begins at a remote military base in Colorado. Something strange appears in the radar. It's not a bird. It's not a plane. It's Jimmy Neutron. He's in a homemade rocket attempting to send a toaster into space. Jimmy. And you
2: wanted us to jump in, Joey, right? Go ahead. Like during this, yeah. this synopsis. I, just, I was just going to interject and say, I 100% forgot this is how the movie opened. I was like, <laughs> what the heck is going on right now? <laughs>
0: Oh yeah! Now I remember. <laughs> no, listen, this is where the brilliance begins, right? Because it starts off in this military base, and they find some sort of bogey. If you're watching the promotional materials, you know aliens are coming to Earth, and you think that this is the the military just like uh, finding these aliens, but that's not the case at all. It's a misdirect. It's actually Jimmy Neutron.
1: Yeah, and it's got it's got legs like Top Gun, Raverick too. Yeah, this, <laughs> we've got we've got we've got Top Gun pilots flying f whatevers and fifth gen fighters and they're trying to (laughs) intercept some sort of bogey and then they find out it's actually our boy and and what i mean how better to cast your character is better than uh than maverick in top gun maverick or any top gun movie than to have him out fly and then go into space without a helmet on uh, all these Top Gun pilots. So I think I, I mean obviously now this movie came out a little bit before Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick, <laughs> but you have to assume it was at least making a salute to the future.
0: Yeah, you got to pay tribute to its to the uh, to the origins, you know, to the to the inspiration. And yeah, it's I possible that Top awesome. Gun
1: Maverick is based on this movie at least. Lisa. When when Jimmy
0: says I got a need a need for speed, I knew that this was really. Like, <laughs> Source material.
1: Gotta, I mean, it would be inappropriate to not reference it at this point, you know. His classic catchphrase.
0: <laughs> the one and only. Jimmy is an ordinary kid. He's got friends. He goes to school. He builds mind-bending contraptions in a secret underground lab under his parents' shed. And he has a faithful dog named Goddard, who is a robot also. <laughs> so on this adventure, Jimmy has brought along Carl, his timid, allergy-prone, squeaky-voiced friend. Um, After successfully launching his toaster probe and evading the military's planes, he speeds back home so he and Carl don't miss the bus. Right before we leave the military pilots, um, I believe this is the first
2: instance right when the movie starts where we get Jimmy just being a total and complete smartass um, for no particular reason by, like, interjecting to the pilots that, like, they are driving very nice antiques. (laughs) like by by by, by no means. like there's only one reason for that one-liner and it's because you want to be an asshole and jimmy yeah. is an asshole and i will stand by that without the entire jimmy neutron canon
3: wow. i was gonna mention that <laughs> or yeah with the same thing with like the chewing gum where he's just like making fun of everyone on the bus um, yeah like all right guy <laughs> like we're all just trying to get to school here
2: um <laughs> well i again I, I don't know if this is too early to bring it up but like there is the the famous jimmy neutron the tv show scene where he is you know working at the uh fast food restaurant and constantly refers to salt as um uh fucking chemical formula for salt and <laughs> um sodium that's how he calls it i'm blanking on the reference now yeah sodium chloride and his like you know underpaid enough of this bullshit also rather dumb but still you know manager is trying to refer you know let him know that like no that's salt and jimmy's like that's what i said sodium chloride and it's like yeah jimmy we know that you know that but why don't you understand that this guy doesn't know that and he's referring to it as salt just call it fucking salt Okay. Well, uh, it just, maybe this is time to
0: <laughs> to talk about like, this is the thing that my biggest criticism of Jimmy Neutron when I was eight years old watching the show. And that is that he has no emotional intelligence. Right. Jimmy is like, true. You yes. know, he's really good at building things, but he's not very good at like, you know, talking to girls or to like, you know, uh, making things go over smoothly with, th- with people, you know, as a, as a, aspiring young contraption builder myself. I definitely saw that as a flaw in his character and something that like I was was like, well he's smart, but he's not smart in the right way. He's not smart in every way. You know? <laughs> Intelligence is not uh it's not a <laughs> uh it's a multifaceted thing. It's it's not a single uh statistic. I but think what he the children I, didn't
2: notice this. What if like, like what if I didn't notice this? What if I'm the asshole because I only under understood the the smart behavior and never understood the the behavioral social ineptitude and just became the asshole Jimmy Neutron? That is my that is my eternal Well, I nightmare.
1: think there's there's some complexity to Jimmy because he clearly grieves the fact that his parents don't understand him mm-hmm. and he grieves the fact that his fellow classmates don't understand him. I don't think Jimmy lacks for emotional intelligence. I think he just he just wants people to come a little bit closer to where he is. It's a, this is a, this is a Sheldon Cooper situation, Mm, not a, uh, he's not a a serial killer. He's a, he's a Sheldon.
0: (laughs) Sure. He's just, he
1: just needs the right group. And that's why he really succeeds when, when, uh, Sheen and, and Carl are there. And that's why Goddard is a great companion. Yeah. These are people who generally understand him.
0: It's a good point. So, um, uh, the as Jimmy's rocket uh, like falls apart, it 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 ejects Carl from the rocket, and he bounces across a bunch of houses and crash lands in his parents' house, um, and then he gets a quick lecture from Mom and Dad, uh, who are introduced here, about rockets and talking with strangers, and Jimmy gets ready for school. Um, oh, I don't
3: know when I can jump in for this, but the uh, I don't know if this is something I noticed on my four times of viewing, kind of an expert on the movie <laughs> now. Um, but the newspaper that Jimmy's dad is reading is that oh. this is where I was like, I was very confused on the timing the first time I watched it, <laughs> and was because Jimmy's dad <laughs> is reading a newspaper about. With a picture of Jimmy flying the rocket on the newspaper, uh, <laughs> Jimmy is currently falling uh, through the air in said same rocket. There's, like there's so ten many. Ten minutes later, there's <laughs> so
0: many little things like that. For example, later on, where like Jimmy's analyzing the handwriting of his parents, uh, to see if it, like yeah. notes, and one of the notes says, "Jimmy, I'm going out to buy a toaster." It's like, when did she write that? When did she <laughs> yeah. write that? It, we see Jimmy the entire time that he's like, you know, the, the events of this movie take place over a couple of days. Like when the hell did she write a note saying I'm going out to get a well, toaster? They did.
1: This is, I mean, this adds to the Mandela effect question because there are all sorts of episodes I remember from the original show where Jimmy continued to take their toasters. That became like a whole thing mm. that she kept having to buy more toasters. But now this appears to be the first time he kidnapped a toaster. Because she was looking for toaster. her toaster. Yeah. She didn't just assume the that toaster had been it. taken by Jimmy. So so this is – you're right, Jerry. I mean – it maybe it implies there's a time travel component we're missing and we should really watch this movie again. And now that I've watched in, it five like, times, I think I've become a slave of the chicken egg people. <laughs> and I'm concerned that I'm being told to watch Jimmy it again did and again.
2: Invent time travel, so I mean, you never know. <laughs>
3: the FDA does consider five times of viewing the Limitron movie as lethal. So you probably should <laughs> no. not.
0: One of the uh, one of the little shorts that they that they released on Nickelodeon, he does invent time travel. That is true. He accidentally goes back in time. Well, many ice- of the episodes in the TV show he does, even in the movie, he has a time travel toaster or
2: a, a time acceleration toaster. It's a microwave. I was curious actually. how that worked. Oh yeah, microwave. Sorry, microwave, microwave. <laughs> Here, call me out. I got you.
1: But accelerating time feels like that's much more. That's a different kind uh, of time travel. That's straightforward. That's just time that's happening.
2: It's just time. It's <laughs> just time. It's just time time being just extra A
1: okay. time accelerating <laughs> oven is something that's set to five hundred degrees instead of four fifty. <laughs> It's so not a gym, time right? delaying oven. oven.
0: <laughs> so, so Jimmy's room is full of contraptions that honestly don't seem to make his morning routine any faster or more efficient. He's got a dressing robot, a toothpaste laser, and a shoe tying robot, but, and also a bus alert. But despite all of these, he still misses the bus. Now, okay, before you guys jump in here, this, this is the moment that really clicked for me. Uh, I had the same feeling while I was reading Ender's Game recently probably in the last like, two years, where I'm like, oh, that's why I think that. <laughs> this, is, this is something that is deep inside of my mind that I have internalized and thought was part of my personality, but it's actually just something I consumed on Jimmy Neutron. I used to build little <laughs> contraptions in my room like this, I built Rube Goldberg machines in my room, like all the time. My parents were terrified to come I into my that. room without tripping, or or I would come in one day and I'd be hung by one of my contraptions. I put strings <laughs> all over the room so I could open and close the door without getting on my bed. Uh, it, I had like a whole bunch of just little contraptions that I was always tinkering with in my room. And uh, I, when I saw Jimmy Neutron like failing to make something that worked, I was like, wow, that really, that really is me. <laughs> That really is That's unbelievable. really like, cool to hear.
3: Did any of your string contraps shave off all of your hair and then two seconds later regrow it in a completely yeah. different style? Uh, no.
0: no, mine were mostly yeah. that they were half-baked and then I would spend a lot of time working on it and then I wouldn't end up finishing it because I ran into a problem that was too complicated for 10-year-old Joey to solve. Yes, that, <laughs> that, right, sounds sounds like a, that
3: sounds like every kid invention that has ever yes. happened.
1: Yes. I mean, Martin, your comment about the hair growing... Uh, device. I think you're misunderstanding. I think Joe uh, I think um, Jimmy has like just a perfect mohawk that is so long oh, that it can be uh, formed into any shape.
3: A mohawk is the default haircut And, that's, and I mean if you
1: look at what Nick was telling us earlier about um, Johnny or, and Joey was telling us about Johnny Quasar. You would realize that Johnny Quasar also, obviously, has a terrible hairline. So <laughs>
4: he does. Him, he ap-
1: apparently, has created a device that'll take whatever hair he has and form it into anything. It's a, it's sort of a Donald Trump style hair. Uh, yeah, hair Johnny device. Quasar, was
3: 1995. He was definitely bald by 2001 when this movie came out. <laughs> that hairline was not gonna last. In which case, it's just years. a
1: toupee, a well manicured ice cream cone toupee. <laughs> It's just a machine that, that plops hair on your head in a perfect <laughs> quiff. And I, I mean, fair enough.
0: Quaff, I think is the word you're looking for. Um, quaff, so riff, quaff. even though Jimmy misses the bus, he still has a plan. As Martin mentioned, he has some sort of bubble gum bubble device where he can chew the bubble gum and then it, he blows it up, and then he can get inside of the bubble and he can like like roll or bounce <laughs> the most convoluted invention ever. Uh, like all the way through all the way to school. And he's like as fast as a bus. And yeah, he's he's stunting. He's showing off to all of the 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 other kids in the bus. Um, but of course, I don't think he obeys traffic signals. No, he definitely so, does not, you know. and he doesn't like <laughs> obey even like the laws of being on the road in some sort of motor vehicle <laughs> because he runs directly into a tree. Um, and and the bubble bursts, and he's covered in sticky stuff. But uh, but you know, as luck would have it, who else is in this tree? But Carl, Carl's parachute left him hanging upside down from a branch. Luckily, they are cartoon characters, so they're already dressed in their signature outfits, ready to go for school. to go to school. Think about this movie would have
2: diverged if he didn't crash into the tree True. and Carl wasn't in the movie because he was stuck in the tree the whole
1: time. He died. Carl
2: dies. (laughs) Yeah,
0: we just never knew what happened to Carl. (laughs) That was it. Carl was gone.
1: Here comes yep. a true crime film about Carl going missing from his parents' house.
0: The next, the next issue of the newspaper will be uh, local boy missing, last seen parachuting out of Jimmy Neutron's rocket. <laughs> that was the lunchtime paper. Yes, <laughs> evening next edition, day, extra, extra.
1: After boy goes missing, Jimmy found bouncing, having a ball of a time, <laughs> not concerned about Carl. Suspicious.
0: So it's a it's a school day. Uh, and in school is show and tell day um, so giving her presentation first is Jimmy's rival, former smartest kid in school, Cindy Cindy tells the class uh, uh, that during, due, to, due to research uh, female dinosaurs were tougher than male dinosaurs uh, of course uh, Jimmy disputes this uh, but the standards for evidence in the 5th grade are well ill defined you might say <laughs>
2: And I will jump in here and say that this was the moment where I had the shocking realization that these were elementary school students. I don't know if, like, your heroes grow up with you, but I was like, these are, like, freshmen in high school, right? Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Like, like elementary school is young. <laughs> yes. No, they're very young.
0: They're, they're very young kids.
2: And that, that made it made it a little weirder for me. I don't know. I, I felt extra weird alone in my apartment on a Tuesday night watching a movie about a bunch of elementary school kids. That, that, this is you know. the thing
1: that that's where it tripped you out, that you were watching the Jimmy Neutron movie alone in your apartment. It, it made me feel Tuesday weirder.
2: Night. I was like, and that's OK, the only thing. and they're young. As,
0: as soon as Cindy shows up on screen, uh, Nick starts to get a little uncomfortable. <laughs>
4: where is hey, and by the way into my mouth but yeah, I did not say everyone
1: make sure you wait till the you got to watch this this this, is this podcast till the end where Nick reveals his LinkedIn so can <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh
2: I didn't watch the movie four times.
0: <laughs> That's not the problem it's <laughs> the only but... rebuttal I <laughs> <laughs> All right so next up on the show and tell is Sheen Jimmy's other best friend. Um, Sheen is obsessed with a character named Ultralord, a crime-fighting superhero with endless variations of action figures for Sheen to collect. Sheen presents his latest piece de resistance before being tricked into breaking the box's seal, devaluing the figure. Uh, One thing I want (sighs) to note about Sheen is that originally he was supposed to be a Japanese character, but they were unable to find a japanese voice actor for the role so they changed him to be mexican instead because they had they've hired uh jim garcia i believe his name is uh to play it instead which is actually a really interesting um like twist on the normal whitewashing of of uh, you know non-white characters in in movies so uh, something kind of uh, you know put one thumb up for jimmy neutron for uh respecting diversity here I mean, Man.
4: fair enough. Half them up, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure that they at
1: any point spent any time trying... Which, okay, so here, you don't want someone to be a token person of color in any film sure. or any media. But the reality is that it Sheen's character... I guess the trick is, it didn't matter no, what Sheen's character right. He
0: did not look Japanese the or Mexican. Was he looked... It
1: didn't matter. But then at the same time, I think that's great. Yeah. But if you're... <laughs> If you're gonna go to the effort well no, I don't know. I guess I'm struggling with what I what the real rules are, and that's fair enough. I, I I'm happy with the fact that they did that, but there was I would say that there was no evidence that they made any effort to change his character model and also that his character model never really appeared to be of any ethnicity named ethnicity at all. So that uh, is
2: fair offering, like an idiotic Elementary school kid. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. he, he was not the Jimmy
0: or Cindy. He was the Sheen. <laughs> That's true. Uh, next up on Show and Tell was Carl. He presented his inhaler, inhaler, which he promptly uses to blind himself. And then next, <laughs> the doors suddenly swing wide, and in steps the coolest kid in school, uh, Nick. Nick is thank su- you for having me. Nick is suave and witty, <laughs> and refuses <laughs> yeah, to I show am. and tell because he just doesn't do it. Also, uh, you know, a heartthrob of Cindy. So uh, again, another ele- another parallel here. <laughs> True.
2: I was uh, I was into skateboarding as a kid, you know, yeah. I mean, as an elementary school student, was there, a <laughs> there was was this my inspiration? Who knows? Could be.
1: This is a moment where you realize that there was that cool teacher you had in elementary school who would let things go. Yeah. And as an adult, <laughs> I watched Mrs. Fowl and I think you're an absolute train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> this kid should be dragged to the front of the class and forced to do show. Are you kidding me? I don't care. Yeah, show no, off the lollipop cool, you forgot. You don't. Wa- You're not. You don't just not do show and tell. You're eight. <laughs> the audacity. I'm sorry. Yeah. But the no, no.
0: Hey, this, What are our schools coming to? You know. My no discipline.
1: Let's get, I, was in I think there's a bigger time. there's a bigger education podcast we could do about this <laughs> this movie speaks to the education system in nineteen ninety, whatever.
0: Finally, after Nick refuses to show and tell, it's Jimmy's turn. He presents the class his shrink ray, which prompts Cindy with this burn.
4: Behold the shrink
2: ray. What's the matter, Neutron? Aren't you short enough already? <laughs>
0: fucking owned <laughs>
1: i mean it's i mean it's it's the dirtiest thing i've i've heard she and she knew it's like she knew the shrink ray was coming or else I know, got she was so quick desk.
4: on
2: it like literally within a half second before everyone even stops. well she, she is the second smartest kid in school it's true
0: she's uh you must have done out. an
1: enlarge ray last week and she was like i know if he if he makes the <laughs> ludicrous decision to come in with the exact opposite. I'm going to get
2: Wait, it. Don't we learn later that it technically also is an enlarged rate? It is. It mm-hmm. is. I mean, every it's strength rate right. needs to be He's gotta
0: work on. Jimmy's also has to work on his branding. It's true. That's another thing. Another element of his intelligence. Nick, what would you stuff.
1: guys, what would <laughs> you name it? Nick, if you knew it was going to be a big and a small ray, are you going to call it an enlarge and shrink ray? That's not a name. What are you <laughs> going to it call it?
2: Call a multi-size, it? A, a dynamic multi-sizing device.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's a good for at least three refocus groups.
1: <laughs> I would like to buy a dynamic multi-sizing device, please. Do you have any of these?
2: Uh, a DMD. <laughs> a DMD? Oh, no. There
1: you go. <laughs>
0: Jimmy's, it works. <laughs> Jimmy's shrink ray malfunctions and nobody gets to see an action. But as he's walking out, the ray shoots his teacher, Mrs. Fowl, who shrinks to the size of an ant and has to contend with a giant worm in her apple for the rest of the movie.
1: Mrs. Fowl is the most undervalued character in this it's, entire movie.
0: It's true, but she's also a pushover, so I don't really feel that bad for her.
1: She survives the abduction. She's the only adult left. but But after four days... Before the kids escape and go try to save their parents, she has continued to be in open warfare with this worm, which has not left the apple, and she has not left her death.
0: Speaking of, speaking of like uh, references to other great works, that worm definitely has teeth like a sandworm in Dune. Oh. I, do you think that's really what they were going for i mean obviously yes. the visual is there but like
2: <laughs> death of the author Nick. i'm sure i'm sure many of uh many many an elementary school kid has read frank herbert's dune much as i had at that early an age uh which is not true <laughs> i do i will say mrs Fowl's uh side b plot is was one of my favorites as a kid and was also again one of my one of the highlights of the movie this time watching it is a I wacky do. little thing that happens I do love her little wacky adventures
1: every time they call back to it. I just I just don't understand. I get that it's like a it's like a sort of a social trope or something about giving an apple to a teacher and the apple has a full grown worm in it. But for goodness sake, what bad luck for Miss, <laughs> Mrs. Fowl. She could have just had a honey I shrunk the kids situation and she's stuck on the desk and she's gotta get down. But instead she's in open warfare with a full grown worm in an apple that was given to her by a student i don't i'm just relatively, i just to say i'm caught up on it
2: <laughs> relatively that worm was like
3: I Did get major dune vibes from that worm
1: <laughs> yeah thank no you, matter man. how small she is relative to the apple that worm is is what a yeah, percent of the apple that's a full that's a worm you could see from space <laughs>
4: yeah
1: So no, she got a bad deal. You could have at least gotten like a a, a regular worm. She got got alpha worm. She got the worm that that would have taken over the world if he had hit. And just imagine he hit the wrong button and he makes the apple extra big. That worm destroys the school. (laughs) That's end of days. End of movie right there. Different movie. And that's again, we're talking about timelines and alternate paths. That's possibly what that movie would have looked like given an alternate timeline scenario. (laughs)
0: We'll never know. On the way home, Jimmy, Carl, and Sheen spot a flyer for Retro World, the sickest amusement park ever. Its grand opening is that night, and it has the coolest rides, a petting zoo, and even a live Ultra Lord. The boys are concerned that their parents won't let them go out on a school night, but Nick skateboards up real smooth and plants this seed. They should sneak out.
3: All right, I just need to bring this up now because this irked me. during every watching is, wood theme park has its grand opening on a school night. That's horrible marketing. That's terrible. It's yeah. oh, like marketing. come to our brand opening on Wednesday. Like what? No. Like <laughs> this this whole thing could have been avoided.
2: Another alternate timeline.
3: <laughs> yeah, another alternate timeline where everyone's fine because they go to Retro World on a Saturday, <laughs> like a usual person. <laughs>
2: It's a good point. Very good point. I, I bet you there was a moment in the writers' room where they like they were racking their brains, where they're like, "Like, why, why can't they go? What if it's a school night?" And another guy slams his fist on the table, and he's like, "Who opens an, an amusement park on a school
3: night?" <laughs> and then that guy's thrown out. Only suspend my disk. Yeah, at least at least out my the window. So much for a cartoon child. <laughs> movie. And that's where I draw the The most important him. thing is realism.
0: <laughs> Um, so jimmy is unconvinced by nick's plot to sneak out he thinks bribing his mom will do the trick jimmy gathers up some oysters coal and roses in jetpack's home he sort of
1: proceeds to then seduce his mother
0: (laughs) hold on hold on before we get that before we get there let's talk about uh, what he does at his house so back in his lab he removes the school smell in place of normal odor and checks on his various <laughs> experiments. That's my favorite deodorant, by the way. <laughs> I
3: do wear normal odor number seven by Dior.
0: was honestly okay? who was who like what? Who is like thinking? Oh, my fa- My the thing I hate about being a kid is when I smell like my school. It's, it,
3: it, yeah. All right, Joey, not everyone's as privileged to have a not very smelly <laughs> school that they had to go to for several hours a day. You really get that rank smell when you're stuck in that very, very I, smelly and school. And it's not,
1: it's not you, Joey. At that You don't understand what it's like to go to a school where there's a <laughs> profound odor. <laughs>
2: Yeah, what is the what is the larger implication of this? Right, like maybe his yeah, school they're... has a smell problem.
1: The local yeah. nuclear plant.
0: <laughs> I think I have outed myself. I did go to private school for twelve years, so yeah. Yeah. I next to what, a, a
1: field a... of flowers, Joey. <laughs> school's I like
3: my school garbage smell. Garbage and tires right next to it. Real
1: like, people. How... Real people live. <laughs> real people go to school on top of the active landfill. That <laughs> methane <laughs> goes right through the classroom. <laughs> They burn it out the out the roof. That's why all those classes and schools are on fire on their rooftop.
0: So some of Jimmy's experiments are invisible hamsters, a girl-eating plant, um, but he has no messages from his toaster probe. Um, he gets to work on his mom's presents. He cooks the coal in a microwave-like device to turn it into a diamond, as we mentioned earlier. It speeds up time. Uh, he turns it to what? Years or millennia or decades or something. Then he uh, puts, put, pulls pearls from the oysters and makes them into a necklace. Um, and then, of course, he has the roses. So then he goes up to find his mom and presents her the gifts um, in return for letting him go out on a school night. But his mom refuses. Um, and, yeah, Scott, you said he does sort of seduce her. It's sort of like a game show atmosphere. Uh, Gun, uh, Goddard You've is uh, playing... the right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. These Goddard extra
1: prizes. He's playing, like,
0: just... uh, like, Price is Right music. And then, uh, yeah, Jimmy's, like, uh, talking sort of like this and uh, presenting all these gifts to his mom, who is covered in soot and oil.
1: I did like that. I like that she... Well, I, I do like that his father, Hugh is the most incompetent person anyone has ever met (laughs) in every capacity of their life. He gives bad speeches as a dad. He doesn't do anything as a dad. It's not clear. He works. He reads articles about his son falling from space as his son's falling. from space. But he, uh, it gives his mother a chance to be sort of clearly a patriarchal and matriarchal figure in the family. And then Jimmy (laughs) steps out and, uh, he glosses his hair back and puts on a disco ball and tries to get her to accept these gifts. If only she would. And she's like, Nah, no fam, not interested in, in your fake. Di-. She what? The thing is, she picks up the pearls and she thinks they're not real. Right. And I love, I like the idea that she didn't just dislike the pearls. She she was not saying, Jimmy, don't give me this. It's too expensive. She was looking at them and she went, Don't give me this fake. Stuff.
3: <laughs> Don't give me this fake stuff. If you can want to bribe me, you gotta bribe me with real pearls. I can. see oh, wait, yeah, they are. You can't Darn.
0: fake time, Jimmy. That's right. And I appreciate No shortcuts that. to diamonds. Um. Yeah. It's a, it is <laughs> interesting because it's so very funny. clear that it, it is an interesting dynamic actually because it is clear where Jimmy gets all of his brains from and it's from his mom. But like because they know that he can, they know that he can do stuff like this. It sort of devalues any effort that he puts into something right like oh he gave him all these amazing gifts but like he could just do that right and like it it brings up these these wider implications about like jimmy's like inventions that he has that he's not sharing with the wider world and like the advances in science he's making purely for personal gain you know like any one of these things that he's done would be a huge monumental step in like science (laughs) but like it's just like in his basement as something that he toys around with
1: you're implying there's a sense of moral corruption to Jimmy neutral.
0: Yes, yes. Which I've always yes, been able to be interview because he's a child. But Jimmy's no a longer. capitalist at heart, so. Well, you don't see him selling things, so I I, I sort of disagree with.
2: That. Yeah, because he's only in elementary school. Wait till he gets older, and he. Yeah, wait he gets to middle
0: stuff. school. That's when it really comes down. Um, so his Jimmy's mom refuses, and Jimmy, desperate, uh, accidentally lets a rocket loose, making a huge mess. And he is sent to his room until his father comes out. Um, But his earlier adventure was a success. Jimmy's toaster has been intercepted by a race of egg-like aliens. They found the message he recorded inside and realized humans were exactly the thing they were looking for. They make a beeline for Earth. I'll also note, did not remember Patrick Stewart
2: was King Mm Ublob. And, oh, uh, I, I, I was I was like wow okay he's he's he did some stuff before emoji movie apparently
3: so <laughs>
0: <Remember that>? <laughs> <laughs> That's that's where they, they knew him from. This guy's going yeah, they had to use Jimmy's time travel device. Say, this guy's going to be in the Emoji movie. We can definitely get him for our Jimmy Neutron movie. He's going yeah. somewhere.
1: This guy's going to be known for things. It's mostly going to be the Emoji. And movie. definitely
0: not the the critically acclaimed uh like long-running sci-fi series that he like led for uh, like a decade prior to this movie coming out. So Jimmy is grounded and he can't go out. So he consults with Goddard. The robot dog encourages him to apologize, but Jimmy thinks this is a bad idea.
1: Instead, well, the first thing the robot dog does is encourage him to create <laughs> a lady poodle, that's which true. takes a, a curious adult twist on Goddard <laughs> yeah. as a dog that's really? just there for his <laughs> weirdly
0: like weirdly specific. I'll be honest, Yeah. No. But
3: then also, I mean, think about how bad it is for Goddard. He's the only robot dog just cursed to follow Jimmy along. On and his, he can't like, die.
1: So. <laughs> he and when he goes die. to the bathroom, which we saw earlier, he has to pass bolts. <laughs> Not <Nuts laughs> like stones.
2: Goddard's life is a life of pain.
4: <laughs> Jimmy
1: might have built him to have a very confined <laughs> yeah. bowel. <laughs> and he has to just pass these
4: bolts. Well, constantly. let's not limit ourselves to
0: dog. that design choice. The design choice that Goddard is a sexual being seems very. <laughs> I
4: mean, <this laughs> not even <laughs> something you want you in your actual program dog. That you know, in.
0: <laughs> that's something that people take efforts to like discourage in their actual dogs. <laughs>
1: The, the personality of Goddard desires female robot dogs, but just doesn't have one, is a strange hell to condemn any animal that you've created in your lab.
3: How many hours do you think it took Jimmy to code that specific thing? Because it was not. It no, was machine learning. Like Goddard,
2: you know, it's it's, it's, you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's it's reinforcement learning. Goddard learned that on his own. You know, Jimmy was ahead of his time. <laughs> I don't know
3: when to bring this up, but Goddard's oddly human tongue on his body made me very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable after four times of seeing that so often. With four people on the
1: podcast, there's plenty of I don't know when to bring this ups, but that one is the most profoundly specific, and I'm in love with that. I don't know when to bring this up because I don't want to shock the audience, but... Yeah,
3: everyone at home needs to sit down before I talk about Goddard's oddly (laughs) human tongue and his very metal body, and it's the only part that is, in fact, not a robot. Is
2: it like a Frankenstein situation? Did Jimmy, like, get it on a dead body? I, (laughs) I think that's the only implication we could
1: go with.
3: But then the tongue also has to be strong enough to withstand explosions
1: multiple times <laughs> You're Right. so, yeah. so wow. it's possible jimmy's created uh like some sort of biomaterial manufacturing process that can happen within goddard but he hasn't given him a heart or a real brain or face or anything or he just fur. condemns him to taste
0: you yeah, will just, taste just of just life
1: he will taste of life but never live it yes god you never drink yeah.
0: fully of it I, I my one of my favorite parts. I I really like Goddard as a character because he's constantly advocating for himself. Right in this moment, right, he's like, he's yeah. like I'm going to." <laughs> yeah. I, I, I hey, if Jimmy doesn't want to do this, maybe I can sneak in this suggestion as like a hobby. You shoot know? your shot, you're, Goddard. Yeah, shoot like, your shot. Jimmy, you're stuck in your room. Nothing else to do. Why don't you build me a poodle? Um, or, or, or like when uh, <laughs> when uh, Jimmy's parents are tucking him in at like, and then Goddard records that. Whatever, Goddard's like, "What about your? What about my fabulous robot dog, Goddard?" <laughs> Can he come too?
4: <laughs> it's
0: awesome. It
1: does cast Jimmy as a, maybe a darker character than we're giving him credit yeah. for, because he's created this intelligent life, yes. and he's not given him the capacity to move forward.
0: So, okay, so Jimmy decides he's going to sneak out, and he uses his shrink ray to sneak past his parents and to the amusement park. On the way out, you are treated to a really weird piece of dialogue from Jimmy's father. <laughs> <laughs> this also stood out to me as one of those like
2: did never caught that as a kid and was the hundred percent highlight of my
0: movie i was
3: a kid once i remember being grounded a whole week and not being allowed to go to my best friend's bachelor
2: party
0: like, there's so much in this there's so
2: much in this. I <laughs> <laughs> and i never caught that before i was like i, I was like what <laughs>
3: Yeah, because that's one of the things I can guarantee. As a kid, I was like, "Oh, dang! A bachelor party! Like, <laughs> what even is that?" It must be like a birthday party. There was party. Um, like... can I?
1: So there, I was looking it up. I, the, YouTube gave me a list of uh, best moments from um,
0: from, Hugh from Jimmy's father, Yeah, Hugh Neutron, from yeah.
1: Hugh, and Hugh Neutron has a quote where he says, "And then there was one time as a boy where I sat on a banana, and well, as you can imagine, my life was never the same." <laughs> and i he was like wow, is... they, hugh hugh is a complicated character that they they develop later in the series
3: yeah Hugh neutron was 100 just like a meme factory to present day right now because you can take like most of his random like quotes and be like what yes. it, they just he's like a, stand no. on their own he's,
0: he's a classic cartoon dad that's what he is he says the weirdest stuff he nobody's sure what he does or like like, why, how he even succeeded in getting to the point where he's at, or like had the wherewithal to even have a child, right? Uh, but he's uh, he's here, he's out there, and he's uh, he's he's real, <laughs> and he's and he's uh, both grounded and invited to bachelor parties. I, I just don't understand, <laughs> like, what's going on.
4: <laughs>
1: I, oh, I you took that to mean that he was. That he was young and went to a bachelor party, I took that to mean that he lived at home for a very long time. I
4: mean, <laughs>
0: either of those things could be true, and both of them are weird because, like, even if yeah, you live neither your home is with your parents' right, why would they still be grounding you if you're old enough to go to a bachelor party?
2: <laughs> I, I, I did want to bring this up at some point. You guys were kind of alluding to it earlier about, like, the yeah, like the comic relief dumbness that is, like jimmy's dad in like yeah Hume neutron or whatever and i i just i just want to bring up the fact i think i've talked to you guys about this before but like god bless my parents because like my parents were great enough to take me to the theater to watch this movie a number of times and i remember a number of times growing up my my dad always kind of his big pet peeve with all of the shows that i watched was the stereotypical like dumb dad or even to a broader aspect just kind of dumb parents and the fact that shows always kind of made like the kids the smart ones and the parents the kind of like you know idiotic stupid parents that all of the kids can laugh at for being dumb and stupid and i remember my dad just hated that like not in like a malice sense but just like a you know like, why are we represented as being so stupid? <laughs> and the fact that he had to drag me to the theater and then watch this movie and sit through someone like Hugh Neutron, which like was one of the quintessential representations of this trope that I knew my parents hated. Again, just God bless my parents for l- allowing me to ingest as much weird TV show media as I did. So,
1: <laughs> I thought I, I did get Nick, to, to sort of pivot off of that I did get something from. Watching Hugh sit down with Jimmy on his bed before he Jimmy decides to sneak out, or or after he's decided but before he leaves, where he's like, "Rockets are adult things, and you yeah. just shouldn't <laughs> play around with adult things." And uh, anyway, I hope this helped. I thought about that in the context of me being about to become a dad, and I was like, "Man, if I don't give Charlie that exact conversation
4: <laughs> at some
1: point." In even less relevant context, then I've missed out on an opportunity. And I wouldn't have thought of that, Joey, if you hadn't asked us to watch this movie. So You're so, I'm very you're so welcome. To watch.
0: I, I, that's my goal is to empower the next generation of, of human beings.
3: <laughs> See, Scott, you can set this up for your child. Just casually place a couple rockets around the house. i be like, stop, He's going to play with rockets. Gonna, rockets yeah, are a He's going to eventually set things. those rockets off. Rockets you will have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think he calls it big people. Things. <laughs> These are big people. <laughs> That's even
4: better. I just uh, like, again, he, why are they just,
2: so dumb?
1: <laughs> he just gets up and walks off as if he's really <laughs> concluded the point, but he's like in the middle of a sentence yeah. when he stops and. Because oh, he cute. says it's so
3: resounding, you're like, yeah, I mean, they are big people things, you're right. Yes,
1: and then Jimmy gives that <laughs> shrug, that, which you're thinking, like, they animated that, that's a baller, that was a baller shrug from Jimmy to look at yeah. Goddard, and that's why Goddard shouldn't be allowed in Jimmy's room when he's being <laughs> reprimanded. Because <laughs> he undermines, he undermines you immediately.
0: Yes. So, okay, so Jimmy and Sheen and Carl all sneak out, and they arrive at Retroland, and it's everything he and uh, all, all three of them could have ever imagined. As Carl says,
4: oh, it's better than a poster.
0: Classic. <laughs> Classic Carl. The the roller coasters are all, are all horror themed. Ultra Lord is there, and Sheen passes out from joy. Carl gets to pet a llama, and even gets a button for it. Everyone is having a grand old time. The, uh,
2: this is kind of a broader statement, but this was one of like the, the first instances that it, like really kicked in. Was again one of those like nostalgic, like memory things about watching this as a kid. Was I remembered like this this scene, and then specifically like the rocket, like the the kids launching off in rocket scene. We'll get to later. I I remembered the music being so cool <laughs> and so exciting, and just like like I remember the soundtrack being amazing. And ultimately, that was one of the most disappointing things on this rewatch. Uh, And again, like, who can blame me? But, like, the music is just, like, it's 2000 pop music, and it's mixed horribly. And I was just so disappointed at, like, the level, like, watching that scene internally, I was like, oh, boy, I know this is a good scene, because it has a great backing track. And that, like... Of all the things that didn't hold up, like the music is what really disappointed me because, like, that's what made a lot of these scenes. And this scene was almost heartbreaking to me to kind of like listen to it and be like, "It's it's just it." I I wish the music held up better. And like, they apparently. I, I don't know if it's a time thing or if it's a budget thing or I was like, like was all movie music like this in the two thousands or is this just a egregiously bad case? I think, I was, I I was think this playing. movie is
0: specifically weird because there are so many songs. There are literally, okay. So on Wikipedia, it has 53 different songs like listed. <laughs> and most of them are like Jimmy Neutron themes, like Jimmy Neutron theme, yeah. which is by Bowling for Soup. We've got Go Jimmy Jimmy <laughs> by Aaron Carter. We got. I mean, it was definitely
2: quintessential two thousands, like Nickelodeon, Disney Channel, you know, like that kind of like pop music genre, like you know, like the 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 boy band, you know, like like it makes sense that that's the kind of music. But like, I can play like like Backstreets back all right, you know, like I I can play a lot of those two thousand hits, and I can I can you know I can jam to them today, but like. Like they just didn't hold up in the movie, and I'm so confused as to why. I don't. Maybe it was the weird Vimeo rip I was listening to that didn't do good on my speakers. But I was, again, I was just like, I was like, I feel like the music's better than I'm hearing it in the scene, and I
0: remembered it being so great, and I was disappointed. There's actually a song that they feature called "Pop" by NSYNC. It's the Deep Dish Cha-Ching Remix,
1: <laughs> which was my nickname in middle school. <laughs> I was disappointed, but for other
3: reasons with the music. Because, like, every time you'd start getting into the scene, like, the same thing. I remember the music being, like, really good and getting, like, super hyped for the first couple of times. But it's, like, it plays the music for, like, 15 seconds tops. And then it, like, immediately fades out of it. It's, True. like, 15 seconds to 20 seconds. You're, like, oh, yeah, it's getting, like, cool stuff's <laughs> happening. And then it just, like, goes into the next thing. And you're, like, um... Okay, then. It's not cool anymore. <laughs> yeah, like, as soon as you, like... I don't know, maybe it's just, like, the adult attention spin or something, but, like, as soon as you, are like, start getting into it, you're, like, when they first get to the amusement park and stuff, it, it plays for, like, 30 seconds at most, and then it just goes back to, like, not having it on in the background at all anymore. Yeah. And it's, I was, like, yeah. kind of wanted to hear some more of it. <laughs> it's not good music, by any means,
2: but... That, that might be why I remember being so exciting, because I explicitly also remember, like... Like the scene ending, the music stopping, and me rewinding and watching the scene. Like I, I don't know how many times I watched the ki- the scene. I mean, the whole movie as a kid, but I think I watched like those couple of scenes with fifteen second music tracks so many times as a kid that they ingrained themselves in my head as being like super hype, epic music sequences of these movies. And yeah, I don't know. It's it's again, you you watch it with fifteen years later, twenty years later, and it,
0: uh, why do we grow up? So while everyone else is having a great time at the at the um, at RetroLand, hard
1: cut, Nick. No, no existential crises here.
0: Sir. <laughs> no, All know. right, guys. Sorry. It's like I'm
4: just
1: gonna I'm just, I, I, I look at the time. It it's like
0: we're, we're going to finish this before Scott falls asleep. The, we we got to move on.
1: <laughs> well, that you can't keep that in the podcast because no one has the background.
0: It's an inside joke.
1: Audience, <laughs> yes. I frequently fall asleep during deep. <laughs> Um, Twelve minutes. You heard it here first. So
0: while everyone else is having a great time at Retro Land, back at the ranch, things aren't so rosy. In fact, they're closer to sci-fi green. The aliens have arrived on Earth and are freezing and abducting all the adults in the city. On everyone's fridge, they leave the same message. Dear son slash daughter, we have gone to Florida for an extended vacation. Love your
1: parents
4: yeah my
2: parents went to florida too oh sheen oh sheen i did notice on the wiki one thing i never knew as a kid that jimmy Neutron takes place in texas (laughs) (laughs) yes like their their hometown is in texas (laughs) no wonder his head so So technically this is this is this is implying that their parents took a road trip from texas to florida
1: But that does explain why Jimmy maybe is compelled to <laughs> launch rockets, and it comes off as
2: okay.
0: Oh, true. Yeah. Also true. Yeah. Because
1: he's in Houston or something, and they just yeah. deal with
0: it. <laughs> Could explain why you know, he's so a... sensitive about his size too, since everything is bigger in Texas except for Jimmy. <laughs> Yeah, except, for Jimmy.
2: Him, except for Jimmy. <laughs> no, that was it was a, t- a fact and tidbit that surprised me, and I thought was funny though. I was like, I legitimately
0: never knew Jimmy Neutron took place in Texas. <laughs> Jimmy Neutron's Texas native. So as Jimmy and his friends walk home from Retroland, <laughs> they spot one of the alien ships zipping across the sky. The boys, mistaking it for a shooting star, make a wish: no more parents, freedom, forever. So the next day, all the kids wake up and see the notes that were left by their parents, quote unquote. They all realize the same thing. They are free. The kids run around town getting into all sorts of shenanigans, including Carl rides a llama. Shane pees in the shower. They stack insane ice cream cones on top of each other. Somebody opens the fridge and says, I'm letting the cold out. They go to the mall to play (laughs) arcade games. They wear mismatched clothes in public. They're walking up the down escalator, pranking Cindy, giving the kids whoopee cushion seats at the diner, throwing cream pies. And who's who's purple? Who said gross? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um, They flooded the school. Then they rode jet skis, jet skis through the flooded school. Uh, Jimmy flew underwear from the flagpole. They made way too much popcorn. They were DJing and line dancing and partying all freaking day and all freaking night.
1: So a couple notes, because obviously Jimmy flies underwear from the flagpole, but <laughs> there is no incident where he, he does go home briefly, but briefly. then he goes back out and has to receive his, <laughs> his his the crowd of angry people who think Jimmy knows what's going on. So there's no reason to believe for the rest of the movie that Jimmy Neutron is wearing it.
0: That is true. I, I think i a concurrent. It's not relevant to the story. Martin, it's just
1: something to keep in uh, with mind. With your multiple of rewatchings,
0: do you think that's true? Do you think Jimmy Neutron is going commando?
1: <laughs> I
3: mean with the previous timeline established is Jimmy Neutron could be a at the same time, getting underwear from his house at the same time that he is also doing something else. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now he has machinery that does dress him, so it's possible that he walked through a robot arm that put underwear on him. But I would say. That or that's he was not wearing two pairs. Inclusive. Oh, that is true. We didn't. We didn't account for that. I hadn't considered he was wearing too
2: <laughs>
0: two many two pairs of were...
1: underwear. <laughs> anyway, so maybe that's yeah, a, you know just something to just keep in mind at I all times.
0: Well, what do you think about all the? Antics the the kids get up to, um, you know, while their parents are gone. You think these are typical kid things? What, what would you do if you were in this situation?
3: They did make way too much popcorn.
4: <laughs> yes, <laughs>
1: um, it's littered throughout the entire city.
4: That's can you imagine words, kids totally. having
1: the audacity to continue to add popcorn to a popcorn maker? <laughs> popcorn makers don't just make popcorn indefinitely. You have to add the the, the corn, the kernel. I,
0: I was gonna. Add, uh, it's a supply chain I'm problem. I am just going to add on top of that to that. Do you want to Yeah, it? It? I'm going to I'm going to talk about this. This is a supply chain problem, right? How do you get the popcorn and the other materials you need to make popcorn to the popcorn machine to make more popcorn, right? This is not simply a oh, we're going to pop the popcorn machine. <laughs> we're going to turn it on and popcorn is going to come out of the wazoo. We have to get you have to have a a place where you're getting the popcorn and then you have to probably run out there and find more popcorn somewhere else and you have to set up a whole like like system of people bringing popcorn yeah, to they're... the popcorn machine, and then you want to make sure you're I mean, making enough popcorn all the time, so you want to make sure that the machine doesn't overheat or anything like that. So then you have to like do it on a schedule. Probably you have to get multiple popcorn machines and then schedule the times so like intermittently so that they're popping it all the at time. At least two of those kids
1: had a fine day when everyone else woke up hungover from candy. Two of those kids were just exhausted two, from having. Two of those kids went into Two, and two, and two of those bugger. kids went to work for like
3: started Amazon. And they were just like shoveling popcorn. In there all night, all but me. I think would yeah, keep like in were, mind, like they were
1: trying to run a, 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 a battleship in the in World War II. They were like pushing coal mine. into the furnace.
3: <laughs> I Stay think we'd we keep in mind boys. these same kids build spaceships out of carnival rides about twelve hours later, or whatever the time frame <laughs> is for the movie. So, like, I think they can handle a popcorn machine
2: that produces infinite popcorn. <laughs> Well, like... i did I did want to <laughs> add that like kind of in a similar vein I thought it was this is kind of stupid, but I thought it was like funny when they go to the uh they go to like the diner and they're like whoopie cushion or no whoopie cushion, and then the girl asks about the pies. That implies that that girl is working as a waitress and that other girl is working as like someone that's seating tables. And I'm like, if the kids have no parents, why are these kids taking up part time jobs to like staff this diner?
0: Honestly, it's incredible. That's my favorite part. Is like the infrastructure stays perfectly in place. There's so much that it's, like goes right for all these things to work. Out, yeah. you know? There's somebody out there who's not just serving ice cream. But serving ice cream in a way I've yeah. never seen, right? Somehow, like, <laughs> climbing up ladders or getting on top of roofs <laughs> to stack ice cream onto something? The imbalance required for that. And to do it quick enough so that it doesn't melt. What the fuck?
4: <laughs> I, the whole day was an enigma.
1: Y'all haven't commented on it yet, but the peeing in the shower sequence that comes back up over and over again. You love it. That was an an un un unrelentingly important part of my childhood. Not peeing in the shower, but the idea of that sequence. Every time I was in the shower as a young boy and thought about it, I thought, "No, Shane did it." But that was because there were no adults, (laughs) right? Not Shane. 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 Sheen did it. But that's because there were no adults. uh,
0: Right, that's how you know it was bad. That
1: defined it as something that was inappropriate for me to do. And it has become something that's come up now multiple times. And when I was in college, my freshman roommate admitted to me he peed in the shower. And I absolutely mocked him across the entire floor (laughs) of our freshman dorm because it was so inappropriate. (laughs) Because it's so Jimmy Neutron to pee in the shower so that's the only i mean y'all make jokes about all these other pieces but that was the only thing that stood out to me because i just I had to watch shane doing this terrible thing and it had become such a scar in my childhood this is a
4: formative you movie have to that Down all to of make us watched the by.
0: movie so we wouldn't do it anymore
1: yeah i was moved i was moved by this movie specifically in the topic of whether or not you're it's appropriate to pee in the shower
0: <laughs> who says this is an important movie it's not affecting lives not me
1: I liked that. I liked that that was that kid who ate too much candy or uh, cotton candy. Oh, I do love
3: that kid who won that cotton candy eating contest.
1: He's just
0: round now,
4: he's just like ball shaped.
3: I love the slow pan or not slow pan out, but the pan out of his face and you're like, Oh yeah, it looks like he ate a lot of cotton candy and if I
1: pivot to talking about the cinematography of an animated movie, they when they switch to the kids' news channel.
4: Yes. I mean it's amazing.
1: (laughs) It's fantastic. I love it. I like that they have to that the camera keeps pivoting away from the guys who are talking because it's kids running the channel. All right, well, well, I mean, it's honestly hilarious. Before we do too to much, much
0: with that, let's, let's, let's set that up. So it, it's, it, it was the best day ever, but the next morning, everyone is feeling like they're run over by a train. Tummy aches, boo-boos, and post-parent depression set in. The news, which is still being broadcast even though it's all kids, tells the tales of victims of last night's festivities. Instead of being excited and happy, the kids are worried, scared, and looking for someone to blame. This is another classic example of the news, fear-mongering and spreading lies about, <laughs> <laughs> about what's good for people. You know, all they ever do is prey it's on our yellow, fears. a yellow you know? journalism. Exactly. You know, They're out there in the street.
1: Where there are no good stories to be stuffing told Stuffing kids full
0: of cotton candy and claiming that they did it to themselves. You know, this is propaganda at its worst. <laughs>
1: As we said earlier, there's they should have just captured the fact that there were hard working kids shoveling corn exactly. kernels actively <laughs> into popcorn machines overnight. We
0: could have made
1: But no, they they focus on the people who were hurt. Nick,
0: what is the name of Jimmy's town, do you know? Retroville. Um, yeah, Retroville. Retroville. Right?
2: Yeah, yeah, so okay. the retroville the should
4: newspaper. be it. A...
0: Did you guys not watch the movie four times? Did you guys <laughs> not watch the movie four times? <laughs> retroville should be a hedonistic <laughs> paradise run by children, right? Child labor should make a comeback. I mean, this movie really is a, a libertarian's ideal of like all the adults go <laughs> away. I mean, and the infrastructure stays it is in, in place. You know, all, all of the things that we take for granted. going to mention that when we
3: were talking about the kids taking yeah, all jobs. The, all, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we yeah fill the vacuum. <laughs>
2: An their parents them, and their parents Cultura- raised them right
4: apparently yeah, yeah.
1: culturally we humans are compelled to work <laughs> and so we will you say you say libertarian i say communist, fair well,
2: enough. i think i think dna productions which is the animation studio that made jimmy neutron i think I think it's, I think Jimmy Neutron is based in Texas because the the animation studio is also based in Texas. So, you know, maybe they're trying to you know, maybe they're trying to imply something. They're trying to, to push their values on all that their viewers.
4: DNA
0: Studios is run by children as well. They're the ones who through. <laughs> well, Nick, if you're
1: right, yeah. then we'll see generationally. We'll see an entire uh, voting block about to emerge that watch this Jimmy Neutron movie. And are we the voting
0: serious, block? But... <laughs> yeah, is that
1: us? Well, we are, yeah. So it's now. Now is the time. So it's the next couple of elections. Either Texas flips to, to something more liberal or it didn't work out like DNA Studios seems That's to right. think they should do.
2: Jimmy Neutron walks so
0: young Sheldon can oh, run. Yeah. <laughs> So, so everyone's upset, right? But Jimmy, as usual, is a step ahead. While he's out at Retroland, Goddard recorded Jimmy's parents tucking him in. In their last words before being abducted, they gave no indication they were going on a trip. Jimmy analyzes the note left by the aliens and compares it to his parents' handwriting and realizes what happened. His toaster message had been received, and the aliens had arrived only to take Earth's most precious resource, middle-aged suburbanites. <laughs>
1: Jimmy is is one of the smartest uh, people on the planet, and Jimmy is like, maybe my parents did go to Florida, but I will look it up to see if their handwriting matches. Jimmy has no concerns about the implication that, I mean, I know it's a joke. And that's the whole point. I mean, all the but... things
2: we've talked about are jokes, right? It's so funny to pick <laughs> apart, though, right? Like, I, I, I think it's funny that the whole time he's doing this, this blaring alert alarm is going off four feet to his left, and he doesn't notice
1: it. <laughs> I'm just saying that as a director, this movie hilarious. could have taken a really hard turn into sort of a pseudo-horror <laughs> film, where you had to deal with the, the shocking uh, revelations that the, the adult community had left. Yeah. But no, they they left Jimmy blind rather than giving him the, the sort of the fodder to start to ask that question. And I'm just saying, you know, where were the adults when it came to writing this script?
4: <laughs>
2: Cause as we know, DNA I... productions is run by children. So
3: and was run by, it's yeah. been previously established <laughs> three sentences ago.
1: <laughs> and they can't argue now because it's been 40 years. So, they're, they're 30 years, so there's nothing <laughs> they could do there. They might've been children then, but they won't be children now.
0: An angry mob of children has arrived at Jimmy's doorstep. He quells them by telling them his theory and by proposing radical action. They should build spaceships of their own, head into space themselves, uh, chase down the aliens, and rescue their parents. Nick, as de facto leader of the mob, agrees to the plan as long as he gets first crack at the aliens. Okay, Neutron, here's the
2: lowdown. You get us to those kidnapping alien scuzzballs and I'll take it from there. We're getting our parents back.
0: Again, like, uh, I really do think, and we'll get to this later about Nick's downfall, but I really do think Nick is a, gets (laughs) the short end of the stick in this movie. He demonstrates nothing but, like, being proactive, right? He's a leader in this space. I know, know, he's cool. He's always solving problems. He's, he's very cool. And, you know, he, he really is the one that kind of, uh, jumpstarts this idea that we should like go out there and do something about this. Right. Obviously Jimmy has the brains. He has the know-how of how to do it, but it's really Nick that that, that, you know, is the catalyst that makes things happen here. And, uh, I, I, admire his, you know, his gumption. I admire his fearlessness to go into space, to fight aliens hand to hand, um, and I think that he doesn't get the credit that, uh, that he deserves personally.
1: I don't, I mean, what well, I think what Clap he gets Joey. though is the full <laughs> Jamie Lannister arc. <laughs> <laughs> he gets to go from jerk to hero to surprisingly craven jerk again, <laughs> right at the end. And then we never, we don't really visit him again. So I think by all accounts, this is, this is the pinnacle of media, in the 21st century is game of thrones and he gets the the defining arc of most of the game of thrones series is jamie lannister and that's who nick is so honestly i think that the show writers really or the movie writers really uh
2: Had captured,
1: time. yeah they i mean i would say that they defined a generation yeah. I, I did want to say because being a bad arc <laughs>
2: <laughs> i did want to say because i forgot to bring it up earlier i did love nick's line uh when all the kids were quote-unquote hung over from all of their candy and nick and nick uh, lamented to jimmy that he remembers his first time um i thought that was a great line to put into a yeah, kid's
3: movie across the room and he's yeah. just like oh
0: yeah yeah this is kind of a normal tuesday night for nick he does this sort of thing all the time yeah mm-hmm. He's cool. (laughs) He is cool. He must
1: have a popcorn machine at his (laughs) house.
0: He pops his own. That's right. Uh, Jimmy and the other kids retrofit the Retroland rides into incredible spaceships. Each of them is unique and has some insane feature, but they all successfully launch, leaving the atmosphere and heading deep into intergalactic space. I mean, this helmets. is one of the times. So talking yeah, about insane been. features.
1: <laughs> Please. There well, is a sequence where one of those boys does say, Jamie, can we switch rides? Yeah. <laughs> say, oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> throwing but up pieces be... in the teacups ride.
1: And there's another... <laughs>
3: yeah, what? but what are the rides where the kids are just being hung by their <laughs> heads, getting spun around? Like, I don't remember. I've been to a number of I recognize of that park. ride
1: as the... What was the sombrero ride? Sombrero ride at my seven, uh, uh, seven, Six flags, and the six flags. You were definitely in a chair, but it was still not an acceptable ride to take in
4: space.
3: Yeah, I'm pretty sure all of those kids would be dead, but
4: like. <laughs>
2: Well, there's also no <laughs> gravity in space, so none of those rides should work like no, that no, anymore. No, no, is that, the spinning
4: does work yeah, that was my biggest issue. Spinning does work that way, spin... right, Nick?
0: Like, <laughs> if they spin, then they create artificial gravity, and all they're doing is...
1: That ride should function. Yeah, but not
0: to that extent. They were spinning pretty fast. Spin spin it pretty it would be
1: that It would be enough see, to sever their spinal probably. cords, though. Right,
4: Martin?
3: Yeah, see, only about half an hour is spent <laughs> on actually making the rides Um able to find a space. The other... Twenty-three hours that they had to spend was making them so they all acted just like the theme park
2: <laughs> like especially the, the roller coaster hardest. one that went like up and down. I like the roller coaster one. Yeah, I that liked roller- that we got that little. <laughs> that was always that little one. shot
0: of the like the roller coaster, like. Like buzzes the camera, and you hear the the kids screaming Mm -hmm. like they're on a roller coaster. Yeah, very cool.
3: (laughs) Like Cindy's like drill thing in the asteroid belt. Like the that that was at least half of the time just to make that drill functional.
0: (laughs) Okay, well maybe this is a good time to talk about like where this movie falls in in like the sci fi canon because. Like it's pretty clear <laughs> that what Jimmy Jimmy Neutron is doing is not is not science. It, it is some sort of fantasy magic. You know, it, it, he's he's launching himself into space. As Nick mentioned, there, there there's no concern for oxygen or supplies or anything like that they're able to just kind of like go and uh, they don't need like helmets or and they can communicate across like vast distances of space with no problem right they, they don't need any sort of atmosphere or water or food or they don't even pack snacks like uh, carl does and uh, the uh, the maiden voyage of this movie so like it, it, it's, it's like they, they, they kind of have and this No, there's, there's a certain internal logic to it, right? The movie doesn't really contradict itself by doing this, but it, it, it definitely is like, uh, I don't know, uh, showing you a side of like the sci-fi-ness that I think some people uh, kind of imagine it to be, which is basically just magic, right? Instead of it being like, oh, there's <laughs> like some sort of element behind it or whatever. They just like know a couple things about how like certain Physical attributes work, and they just like okay, we'll just make that into a science gadget. You know, I, I definitely think that's like
2: I, yeah, like part of the writers' room, right? I, I I am curious of like like if I could go back and sit in a Jimmy Neutron writers' room, right? I, I'm curious how much of that was like intentional hand wave versus just straight up hand wave. If that makes sense, right? Like like how much of that was them like not bothering to look into the actual science versus like fully knowing the science. And just being like, this will be funny, right? Like, I, I'm sure the writers knew you have to wear a space helmet in space, right? Yeah. But they were probably just like, oh, that'll be silly. Let's just, or I don't know. I'm, I'm curious, all decisions, right? Was it an animation budget where they were just like, let's just, what if we just didn't animate space helmets? You know? well, don't forget that the, in, the, in the Top or? Gun
1: intro, in the Top Gun intro of this movie, they had all of their fighter pilots in technical helmets. Yeah,
2: but then you never saw their face, right? So you never had to create a, a helmet on helmet off model exactly. for the fighter mm, pilots, enough. right? Fair enough. So yeah. like, but if, if you have, if you have to give all of your main characters, and especially like Jimmy, right? Like he has a non-normalized head, right? So oh you have to create a Jimmy-shaped helmet. That's another model you gotta, had gotta get done to get. Someone done that? Plan, but, someone made a Jimmy-shaped well, was...
1: helmet. <laughs> when I was watching, it, I did assume that they would use like as I was going through my first playthrough, not my fourth, second, third, fourth, or fifth. But as I was going Boy. through my first playthrough, I did assume that they were going to use the the bubble charm, mm. which is maybe a Harry Potter reference, but the bubble <laughs> thing, the bubble gum thing that Jimmy swallows and then he, he blows a bubble. I thought that would have made a lot of sense. That's like a thing you already have. You don't have to change the shape of the characters. You just got to change their sepia coloring, I guess, to put them through a, like a yellow filter. And maybe they just felt like that was too much. In which yeah. case, I don't know, just put a, gray line. I think it was really Nick, for you've got simplicity,
0: right? I mean, in, in all cases, Nick brings up the animation. I think that's definitely true. I think it's also like they're trying to like, not overcomplicate the situation, right? They're going into space. That's all you have to know, right? And you want them to be able to talk to each other. You want them to be able to interact and everything. And you don't want it to be a complicated like, explanation of like, where do they get these little radios from? Like, what, they have to wear spaces. How, do they have enough oxygen? I remember when I watched this movie when I was like, whatever, eight or nine. And I was like, and I knew this was wrong. Like I was like, oh, well, I know enough about space that this is definitely not going to work. But I, you know, I was willing to suspend my disbelief because, you know, it was a, it was a silly movie. So uh, I, I feel like it's all like simplicity. It's all about just like trying to streamline this. Because again, this movie is kind of long and it takes a long time to even get to the main conflict. Um, so
2: it was, yeah, surprisingly, like again, surprisingly long. I did not remember it being as long as it was. <laughs>
1: And it's a fair point to say that the, when I was watching it in, you know, uh, 2022, I wasn't Caught up so much with them breathing in space as I was about the shape of their spaceships. So,
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is the thing.
1: There's a lot bigger mountain, and, and that's like than that's uni- like, If you're going to
0: sacrifice space. one thing for the other, I think the design of the spaceships is one of the more unique things. That's something I remember specifically. It was fun. Yes. It was profoundly fun. Yeah, it is. Fun, I it say. is iconic. It the,
2: the The roller coaster ride spaceships is definitely great.
0: Or the eyeballs that are darting <laughs> <Yes>. around. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Love that. And of course, like Nick has the coolest spaceship, right? Like he
0: has the bat one, which is the coolest ride. Like, you know. So of course they're in space, but it's not smooth sailing. They soon run into an asteroid cluster and they have to think fast or avoid to avoid being crushed. After that close call, Jimmy and the rest of the kids land on a big asteroid for a midway nap. They build some campfires and Nick tells some scary stories. As they are falling asleep, the kids go around the circle and talk about how their parents used to tuck them in and make them feel so- make them feel loved. A solemn reminder of what is at stake.
2: Again, a, a reminder to me that like, oh, yeah, like this is a a very kids kids movie. So, you know? okay. uh, I, I actually really like this scene. It's a it's a really nice. I, I, I'm not talking against it. I'm just saying as watching it. Today, at my age, right like it's a it's another blatant reminder that like this was a movie I watched in elementary school, this was not a you know a, a
0: periods of my life right It's just a reminder of that aspect. I think this seems really nice because it it helps like establish stakes for our characters while also flushing out our characters more and giving them more personality. I think this movie does a really good job of actually showing each character in their own unique light and giving them like one or two character traits that they could carry on into the show. You know, I, I think that's something tough to do when you're dealing with so many different things at once, right? You're trying to tell this bombastic alien abduction story, but you also have are introducing all these characters that you're going to set up for your television show. And I think they nail that, honestly. And this scene plays a role in that. You know, it's it's kind of quiet. It's a little subdued, but it falls, like it, it's a really nice well-written like scene that still has those elements of humor in them with the repetition of what, before my parents were abducted by aliens. I I think that's like a, it's a testament to the writing in this movie, I think.
1: And I think like, I really like the fact that Carl goes ahead and says, you know, my mother used to rub my tummy and sing a song. (laughs) He gets, he gets made, he gets laughed at, but then they, you know, they cut back to it. And you're like, Oh, I understand this is, this is a resolution for Carl, yes. which is a resolution for all of the kids that he is with his parents and his, his mom's doing this. This thing.
0: movie is a textbook definite, like textbook like explanation or exploration of setup and payoff. There are so many setups in this movie and every single one of them pays off. I, I'm honestly impressed. There's so many movies that don't do a good job of that. And I can't think I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of, you know. Uh, it's late now, so I'm having a hard time concentrating. But I can't think of a single thing that they set up in the movie that they don't call back to at least once throughout. And uh, again, it's it's impressive.
1: The only one I can think of is uh, the poodle.
0: That's true. No poodle. Yeah, the
1: poodle for Goddard. Goddard gets nothing. Goddard gives everything in this movie, and he received, he's just treated like a robot. So there's something to be said for a sequel, maybe, if they wanted to make it more revenge, which would be kind of an iRobot style Got it. Right. Yeah. just a proposal uh
0: so the next day they all wake up and the fleet of amusement park rockets arrives at the aliens planet they split up jimmy and the most and most of the other characters with names go on to, in a, as a scouting party nick and the rest stay behind the scouting party marvels at the amazing egg themed civilization before them soon they find their parents but all is not well all of the abducted adults have weird body suits and mind control helmets attached to their heads. When Jimmy approaches, his now vacant father lets out an alarm. Jimmy and his friends are captured and brought before the leader of these of this advanced alien race, King Goobot.
3: You're completely leaving out the best person. Oh my also. gosh, I, you're
0: absolutely right. I was hoping someone would bring it up. Go ahead, Martin. <laughs> Ooblar?
3: He yeah. was like he was definitely my favorite person in the entire movie. <laughs>
0: yeah, I do love Ublar too.
3: I know, I, I completely forgot what that we missed him, because that toast scene was very funny. I did laugh at that every single time I watched the movie. <laughs> um, and it didn't get any less funny the entire time. Um like when he taps on the toaster and the toast pops out and um any the King Goobots like, That's toast Ublar, what are you doing? It's like, oh hello toast. <laughs> like still well, funny. Well, I'll watch it a fifth time and it'll still be funny. For an egg
0: themed um like, you know, civilization, like do they really have a understanding of what toast is? Like do they have a friendly like, I mean idea they're... of what toast is?
3: Kenguba definitely says that they're a super advanced alien species, so they. would
2: Yeah, Jimmy said that they had, they had uh so far, like they had they weren't just egg themed. They had like progressed to the point where they no longer needed solid bodies, in a sense. Right? It was almost like a it was like a, a very hard sci-fi that like eggs were the byproduct of, but in the reverse, it was like they were just eggs, and you know, yeah, yeah.
4: No,
0: It is a clever <laughs> design, right? Because the aliens are actually like the goo that's inside of these robot shells, right? Mm-hmm. And the shells have like mouths mm-hmm. and arms. Um, you know, again, like I, I was reading something on Wikipedia and it's pretty easy to animate like an all metal thing compared to someone yep. who's like using, I don't know, cloth or hair, you know? Uh, yep. That kind of thing is much harder <laughs> to animate. Uh, but the, the like the metal shells and stuff, Allows them to be whatever, and then they can float, they don't have to walk or anything, so it makes it like you know, it gives a lot of freedom to the animators. And each one looks a little different, right? They have different sized mouths, they you know, um, they uh, coloring. yeah, they have different coloring, and uh, like some of them wearing hair or makeup or whatever, right? But like the aliens themselves are actually like the goo that's inside of it, and they have little like eye stalks that stick up, um, and when they get like when something happens, like uh, their their bodies get or their shells get smashed, which happens over and over again, the alien side doesn't die, it survives. It just lays on the floor, useless. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I think I've actually seen this like as a idea for like a transhuman um, state where you become a bunch of nanobots that can form any shape. So you basically are just like a pile of goo essentially um because you can't that's you can't actually like um like differentiate so there's possible that that something like that may have played a role in their design but of course it is hilarious that they look like eggs um because there's so many things you can do <laughs> with that um and yeah the the egg theming in this movie is is uh it goes hard uh, as you might say hard-boiled you might even say Oh, got him!
1: <laughs> I don't, Joey. I don't understand what, uh, that joke.
0: Oh, okay. So Did there's you, that one you can prepare eggs in many ways. One of the ways you can do is you can boil them, and then what when they come out, like the shell comes ah. right off, and the inside actually becomes like like
1: are they scr- they're scrambled on the inside, like uh, like regular Ooh. eggs? Or no, what? no, no.
0: They're actually like solid all the way through. It's like they're not like they're like squishy still. They're not like hard. You know, I wouldn't say they're any harder mm. than they are when they're hard boiled. But like they actually like you know, the, the, the yolk is no longer running. It's like a solid thing. Uh, interestingly, an, an, a oh. way you can tell whether a, an egg is hard-boiled or not without cracking it open is by spinning it. If you spin a Wait. non-hard-boiled egg and a hard-boiled egg at the same time, the non-hard-boiled egg will spin for longer.
1: You can also dip I in
3: know the eggs in that the I shows. bought from the store are I... hard-boiled, though.
1: Joey, have you ever watched taskmaster I'm oh sorry, my this god is hard... i
0: fucking love taskmaster
1: <laughs> okay then joey you and i should talk about that at a different time.
0: <laughs> i love taskmaster so much okay
1: i am the biggest taskmaster <laughs> fan ever i've been I love yeah i've been watching it, it illegally
0: for a long time
1: <laughs> yes for a very <laughs> long time I totally. Like anyway sorry hard cut click and click oh click my this is me clicking a thing we're back on all right, all
0: right. okay so, Jimmy attempts to threaten the king, claiming that the that fearless warriors he left orbiting the planet will rescue their parents. But King Goobot has already captured them, too. And then he twists the knife. He plays a recording of a recent alien news bulletin, explaining that Jimmy's parents and the rest of the adult humans will be sacrificed to their god, Poultra. The... Or was that a news bulletin? Or I thought
3: it was, like, a commercial made specifically for them. Because they're like, if you're
0: your parents
3: were taken by this person.
0: It's like, Martin, you are so right. It's really confusing, actually. And one of the weirdest (laughs) written parts of this movie, something that I feel like does not hold up at all, because the King introduces it as like a thing that he shows everybody that they capture and sacrifice. Mm -hmm. to, But then they start talking and they're, and they're like, Oh, like, if you're watching this, you, your parents or your loved ones or friends may have recently been abducted. But then it launches into And doesn't it, like, show clips of... very (laughs) human-specific areas. And they make the joke I'm gonna play it. Here we go. Uh, It makes sense.
1: And this year's Human Sacrifices feature something very special. Actual humans.
0: And it's all thanks
1: to Jimmy Neutron.
0: Greetings from planet Earth. I'm Jimmy
4: Neutron. And yours huh. alien life
1: form you know, without the coordinates you gave us, we never would have found your puny little planet for such a tiny earthling you have been a very big help, Jimmy okay,
0: they, they even go far as far as to say uh this this year's human sacrifice features a special treat <laughs> actual humans that's a terribly big yeah. joke. <laughs> what the fuck? the, the idea of humans <laughs> are specific to Earth. But then they're like, oh, humans, like uh, the, the human sacrifice is just a term we use when we, when we sacrifice live things. That's not how that works. I mean, what
3: the- I mean, we <laughs> don't, we don't know if they got humans off other planets. It never says yeah, but that. The,
2: maybe, 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 maybe no. the first time they ever did it, it was humans and they could never find them again. So they always refer to it as human sacrifice. They're like, damn, no, we no, didn't
1: no, get no, humans no. like that one and time. You, know, you, guys then, 90, you guys are wrong. You guys are 1994. It's twenty-nine ninety-four, And we've. We've <laughs> regressed on Earth to this state, but there's many more planets with humans. Oh, you're on saying it, this is like a Planet of the Apes China.
0: situation? Yeah. No, no, you guys Apes. are wrong. Yeah. You guys are wrong because they say this is a <laughs> special treat. This is not a normal thing that they have humans. This is a special thing that they have humans. Yeah,
2: it could be the second time though. <laughs> yeah. Could no, be I, that, I hear what
0: you're saying. Jack. I think.
1: I mean, human sacrifice implies your own, subverts?
0: of your own, not of someone is else. It, They waited to show
1: this video. They didn't show this video to the adults. They showed this video to these kids. Do you think they made this video specifically to undermine Jimmy Neutron as obviously the intellectual leader of this group?
0: It seems pretty clear because it's made for Jimmy. I mean, it is like it's is a false. It's a false flat, like a false. I was gonna say it's false. A, it's a really weird use of like way to ex like to do exposition in your movie instead of just having it King Guba explain the situation. He's like, oh, I, I've I have this thing prepared, but I'm gonna act as if it's like a universal thing that we do all the time. But it's specific to you, Jimmy Neutron. But to,
1: here, so Joe, here's what I'm saying, Joey. Imagine a culture a space culture that doesn't have a great military Mm -hmm. but they are incredibly good at subversive media (laughs) that they can (laughs) infiltrate your your cultural infrastructure with in this case they've got 16 11 year olds and they've successfully undermined the one person who could save them with one video, a video that has has obvious flaws, like something that like those kids should be able to see through it. Like human, this human, yours human sacrifices, humans. Of course, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But they put Jimmy Neutron's name in it, and all of a sudden, they've undermined the entire spirit of the group. And that entire that group has given up on escaping, except for Nick, and Nick's not ready to go. He doesn't know how to get out. So they took the <laughs> one threat they I'm saying that this egg culture is not they're not a warfaring species, which we've seen because somehow Jimmy manages to undermine them later. But they are just a they just are a network of people who can undermine the media culture of an entire species. And they've managed to make Jimmy Neutron an absolute obsolete except for his arch enemy going in and making sure he feels better about himself. She had to work really hard anyway. I'm saying they nailed it. You're <laughs> telling me you think they didn't do a good job. I'm telling you they nailed
0: it. Okay, so Scott, I'm so glad you brought this up because I thought the exact same thing. Again, the movie was inspired by Dune, obviously.
4: Uh, properly I, I, profound.
2: I give it credit where it credit's due, but I also feel weirdly impl- in inclined to be like, I don't think it's. I think it's pretty obvious like what they were doing there. I don't think it was some like big writing
0: secret that they were implying, you know. <laughs> no, it's still it's just like the fact that they even did it. I think.
1: But the okay, the yeah. reveal of Jimmy's Jimmy's failure is enough to carry Jimmy's like crimes back to his people. They didn't need to go heavy. They didn't need to be subtle. They didn't have to like look back hey, and go works. like, and yeah. Jimmy's here's Jimmy's internet uh, search browser. He's not a guy to be trusted. They were like, straight up and down, Jimmy made a mistake. Y'all yeah. deal with this, but we understand what you're going to say. And it's that Jimmy clearly got your parents kidnapped. <laughs> and Jimmy's not a hero. Jimmy's, Jimmy's a criminal. And he should have at least consulted NASA.
0: So, so King Goobot throws the kings into a dungeon and sends Goddard to be disassembled. All seems lost. Nick and the other kids bicker in despair. Jimmy sits alone in his cell, ashamed and cowed by his foolishness. But one person stays cool. Cindy, Jimmy's class rival, approaches him and gives him a pep talk. She tells him to help them, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're their only hope. Uh, Jimmy realizes she is right and hatches a plan. He uses Libby's cell phone to call Goddard. Pretending Jimmy's voice is a self-destruct countdown, Goddard escapes his captor, which is Ooblar, and heads to the dungeon. On the way, he initiates his play dead command, where he violently explodes, incapacitating the alien guards. So he
2: literally could have done that to Ublar, but... Instead, it was a ruse, and then he just actually does it like 10 seconds and we later. You can see that Goddard
0: can't talk, right? He actually does have, <laughs> like, he has the ability to produce <laughs> speech. So he could have just done this himself.
2: Yeah. But, but Goddard's not smart enough, apparently.
3: Goddard oh, is also he... like this indestructible being that's been established because he can just blow himself up whenever he wants to, and then, yeah. And yeah. then he's immortal. just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is it... he's just taking all the tools
0: from the guys trying to disassemble him. <laughs> that was Time just... and all. <laughs> I uh, my favorite, yeah. my favorite part of that that little bit is when Goddard's tail pops open and like a little a smiley face comes out. Like on a spring, and then it pops open and it's a countdown. But the countdown is an analog like timer that's supposed to be counting down <laughs> from five seconds.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I did. That was one of my favorites, or the Oobla's favorite parts, or uh, when he's trying to. Um he takes the like chest piece off Goddard and he's like, and initiates the self-destruct thing. And he's like, Ooh, I <laughs> yeah. should not have done that. <laughs> um, and then it's like still cutting down the self-destruct thing is
0: like, no, no, no. I put it back. It's fine. I put it back. <laughs> okay. So Jimmy and the other kids escape and head toward the great arena where their parents are about to be ritualistically sacrificed to Pultra. They arrive in time to witness their parents performing the chicken dance in front of a giant egg. The egg is then bathed in fire to encourage its occupant to emerge. All right, you know, again, I hate to be I hate to be that guy. Jack, I hate to be Jack. like, what the fuck, how does this work? But this is their god. <laughs> does
1: he get back in an egg every
0: time? Yes, exactly! Time? <laughs> is he
4: supposed that's to hatch the, every time? major question.
0: Where do they get the egg from? For him to emerge from? What does he do the rest of the time? Is this just like a ritual? I'm assuming...
3: It's like a moth where it forms the egg like a chrysalis around <laughs> okay. him every time. I'll
1: take that, honestly. I will take that.
0: That's
3: my running theory that I came up with
1: right now. <laughs> <He cocoons. laughs> you think there's different versions of this god? Or does this god always return himself to the egg?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, maybe it's like a, you know, maybe it's like a um, uh situation where, like, he... Uh... <laughs> 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 you got where uh, this, is a, this is a very specific joke. Where like he um, uh... shout out to the three listeners. It's a Hugo award-winning book, Martin. It could've, it could've, many people listen to it. Many people watch it, Anyway, so it's a he. He like transfers memories past through generations, right? Like he uh, uh, every year uh, he lays a giant egg, and then his like his son or whatever. Uh, like, mm. like, inherit some of those memories. So he's still the same guy, but he's like evolved. Uh, like every time they do this ritual, and like, he, I'm like, sure that's what the writers had in And mind. like the birthing well, or laying obviously. egg process, like consumes <laughs> the body that created it, right? So like he becomes the thing that eventually be- like rebirths himself. You know. Mm. And
1: there's a, I think there's a much bigger story to be told. Maybe like a secondary story to be told about. Um, why this culture of advanced aliens continues to be amenable to the desires of what they would call a deity who encapsulates himself in an egg that's very clearly destroyable. (laughs) And they have infinite space tech. So there's something to be said about the culture built around this non-speaking god and what he might offer them... (laughs) every time he goes back into the chrysalis, as Martin says. Well, I mean,
3: he does offer them a show. It probably is, and it's I mean, I don't know, it it's probably like the probably is, Super Bowl. it probably
1: is pretty sweet to see this <laughs> giant
3: giant lizard chicken, I mean, eat some sacrifices every now and then. I mean, I'm not saying I'd worship it as a god, but like, <laughs> if I wasn't doing anything on a Thursday night, I'd We I would worship Martin, the Super Bowl. There. Martin, Martin yeah, yeah. I the same and way. Brianna it's the same way like stuff. a sports event. Yeah, Martin,
0: you're, you bring up a great point, point. this is so- supports scott's thesis as well that this is an entertainment-based uh civilization right that their media is their is their main source of like um you know diplomacy and um uh like uh you know uh, uh exerting force right uh and in this sh- chicken puts on the best dang show anyone's ever seen and therefore it is the god of the civilization it's
1: like in thor ragnarok mm. when uh What's his name from uh, Jeff Jurassic Park? Yeah, Nick Goldblum is a <laughs> deity Goldblum. on a planet where he just has people fight each other. Yeah, this this chicken is like Nick Goldblum.
3: Yeah, Nick Goldblum. Them. Yes, the uh, the famous person. It serves them no purpose as far as technological or anything goes, but.
1: It is a way to kill an evening on a rainy day. We can't leave that. It's Jeff. Obviously, it's Jeff. Uh, I'm <laughs>
0: leaving it in. You've already said it three times. If you're that concerned is. about it, you
1: should tweet it at uh, Nick's LinkedIn. <laughs> you share. should tweet it at Nick you. <laughs> Share it at uh, Nick's LinkedIn. <laughs>
0: Okay, so so the, 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 the giant chicken is about to emerge from the giant egg, but uh, the kids arrive, and Nick runs in. He pulls off some sick tricks and takes out a couple of guards with their shiny uh, electric uh, spears, but then the egg hatches, and three eyes on the ends of stalks rise from the shell. Attached to the eyes is a fearsome creature with a huge, flat mouth, the body of a chicken with no wings, and a big, scaly feet Potra is a terrifying sight. Nick runs in fear and cowers in a corner behind the other kids. Again, like Nick justice for Nick, right? Hashtag justice for Nick and Jimmy Neutron. I agree. I agree. Um, he doesn't get the, the credit he deserves. You know, he came in there. He didn't know what was going to happen. He was fearless up until the moment when he should have been afraid, when this dang giant alien creature was about to eat people. You know what I mean? Like, that's the sort of thing you're supposed mm-hmm. to run from. Hang on. You know?
1: Well, Joe, what you just said was he was fearless until he should have been afraid, which is how fear works.
0: Yes. Exactly. <laughs> this is why I'm not. So he was not fearless at all.
1: Fearless he afraid. didn't he demonstrate exactly. an exceptional fearlessness. He just wasn't afraid until he should have been afraid. He's just a man. <laughs> or a boy and that boy failed and that's fair. He just shouldn't have gotten center focus is all I'm saying.
0: (laughs) I think Nick had many, you know, positive attributes that were, you know, undermined uh, in in the course of this movie. That's what I'm saying. They had to save it for the show. So yeah. So
1: true. Fair enough. Yeah.
0: So after Nick uh, cowers in fear and their whole plan, all the kids plans kind of fall apart, everyone turns to Jimmy. How will he solve this one? Young Neutron concentrates, and one brain blast later, he has a plan. First, he sends Sheen to steal an alien ship. Then, he uses the robot body of an alien to float into the air and grab the remote control that is directing the adult's uh, mind-controlled bodies. The rest of the kids charge into the Coliseum and cause a ruckus.
1: Obviously, the show then goes on. There's like a secondary show that comes out in years from now yeah. where sheen has his own spin-off. planet sheen planet sheen i think planet sheen should start when he's just sent off to steal us <laughs> <a>, an alien <laughs> spaceship and navigate it back to the arena by himself with no support clearly not capable of doing that he sheen <laughs> i feel like sheen's brightest moment in this entire movie happens off screen when he manages to to steal something from the Air Force. Yes. And bring it... Alien (laughs) Air
0: Force. And he he flies it over there? I mean, yeah, yeah. I I was saying that this movie, like, sets up a lot of stuff. This is one thing that is definitely not set up. Like, Sheen has demonstrated no attributes other than his love of Ultraman <laughs> sure. Ultralord the, the fact that he can pilot an alien ship is something that is whoa, whoa, completely no attributes of Ultralord he's wearing the
3: Ultralord mask yeah, yeah but he does he doesn't what? know how to fly a ship he? that's one attribute of Ultralord <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: i mean Ultralord definitely know. seems like a superhero type character it seems like he can just basically do anything so i mean uh you know i think sheen channeling Ultralord in this situation <laughs> makes sense but I never, we never see him do that beforehand, right? You never see him like become Ultra Lord in any sort of way. So I, uh, I, I call bullshit on this one. Um, you know, uh, write a better movie, <laughs> Davis.
1: <laughs> this is when the movie breaks down.
0: <laughs> it really does break down at the end here. Um, so Jimmy narrowly saves his parents from being gobbled up by the terrible poultry using his newly acquired remote control and King Gubot orders all the guards to shoot the kids on sight. Sheen arrives with his ship, braining Poultra and giving everyone a route to escape. While on board, they fire up the engines and escape into space! Woo! It's very action-packed, very exciting, but it's not over yet. The king will not let um, them leave that easily. He launches his own ships and pursues the kids and their parents shimmy uh jimmy 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 takes them on a daring orbit of a nearby sun which destroys most of the alien fleet all that is left is jimmy's ship with all his friends and their parents and king gubot's vessel the king sends a transmission to jimmy's ship taunting him and insulting his size jimmy decides it's time to end things once and for all uh it is kind of a little uh i think this is like a little deliberate uh easter egg here where uh uh, Patrick's the character that is voiced by Patrick Stewart uh, sends a transmission to an enemy ship and they pull it up on screen as if it is Star Trek. Um, you know, uh, seen that kind of thing all the time in that show. So, um, you know, a little call out right there, I, I, you might say. Uh, Jimmy uh, the, He, he cl- gets out of the ship and he, bo- he boards Goddard, who has transformed himself into a space rocket motorcycle, and uh, then he charges the king's royal vessel. Just before he arri- arrives, he turns his shrink ray on himself, but instead of getting smaller, he turns the dial to planet size. Jimmy expands there it is. to massive size and easily dispatches the king in his ship. Victory is theirs.
1: It's got... I mean, it's got big Ant-Man energy, but at least Ant-Man drowns <laughs> it, and you get really tired when you get that big. And this is like ten times as big as Ant-Man ever yeah, gets. Why didn't so... he just
2: stay that big? He almost complains about his height. Just fucking stay that big, Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
4: <laughs> by most... all
1: accounts, he's become a god in and of himself. I have become the destroyer of worlds, Jimmy Neutron. I have no need <laughs> for school anymore.
3: The entire oh, yeah. thing could have been avoided. He's just like, hey, just drop me off at this planet. I'm going to become planet size yeah. and just stomp on their civilization. And
1: until imagine they being late parents. for the bus when you can become <laughs> planet size.
2: <laughs> I, I guess they did do a good job of like, like <laughs> hammering home the short thing. So that the becoming big thing would have the emotional payoff at the end, yeah, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, absolutely. I think that was well set up. Uh, I mean, do you guys think this had like um, uh, gravitational repercussions? You know, Jimmy becoming this size, so close to other. Um, space objects
1: you know yeah, I both think, of the ships probably should have collapsed I, I don't want to, to keep
0: himself. bringing up the third th- the three body problem but you know this could have caused <laughs> uh, I mean true uh, you know some sort of you know gravitational anomaly that could have sent that planet into the sun you know in a few thousand maybe years. maybe physics works different when you don't
2: wear a space helmet though it's I mean, true the three that body problem never like really touched on that subject yeah. uh, Jimmy uh, neutron maybe, universe. maybe
3: Jimmy's mask stayed the same and just his size increased. incredibly
1: so what if Jimmy neutron takes case. place
2: in the three-body problem universe like we don't know it doesn't <laughs> he was the one
1: that but Martin's that... martin makes a good point that it's possible that they got he just intimidated that was like a bluff because if they had attacked him he is so paper thin <laughs> <Thanks. laughs> maintain his same mass that he would have just completely collapsed but he, he has but nothing, he had he has enough no had
0: enough like air in his lungs to like move the ship through space, right? So like
3: I mean he did conjure said air out of said vacuum in space. Yes. So oh, fair enough, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he took a really deep breath before he left they the station. Really
2: <laughs> well, I don't um... know, but then he has his whole he has oh, his really, monologue in really space. That must have taken some air. Time.
4: Yeah. He has I... very very deep breath they
0: They really are spitting in in like the like you need oxygen in space or like uh like thing you know with this like blowing the the ship he could have flicked the ship or something you know but the fact that he blows on it is like really being like okay guys like we know that we don't we know how breathing works you know like space (laughs) space you can
3: definitely breathe It just more hammers home. I mean, couldn't flick him because he's so paper thin; it would just damage his finger. So It just hammers home that he knew. I mean, through. the
1: biggest, the biggest failure of this movie is how, how far they are from scientific reality. And I think we really need yes, to yes, make sure definitely. we hit that home in this section of the
0: yeah yeah, yeah. of mm-hmm. the discussion. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, that they completely <laughs> missed the beat on that. Maybe he can. I don't know. I maybe that. I guess the growth rate grows air particles, so it's not the same. It doesn't air as matter Earth. though physically, <laughs> the air We're particles are twice as big. Large molecules so they can push. ah, yeah, so uh, yes, harder and also imagine choking oxygen. on a giant
0: oxygen atom. <laughs>
1: No one else could have breathed. It's not like if the ship ran out of air, he could have breathed that into the window. Right. That right. wouldn't have worked. Because that was part of, this is one big oxygen. <laughs>
3: it's just one. Yeah.
4: You
3: just <laughs> get domed by a piece of like carbon
1: dioxide. <laughs> you could probably see them. They're visible. We just don't have right, the right, right camera right. angle.
0: <laughs> okay. So let's finish up here. So on, on the way back to Earth, <laughs> All the kids are reunited with their parents, who all uh, just who are all just big versions of their children. Uh, Jimmy apologizes <laughs> to his parents, and they I ap- like Sheen's dad's mustache. Though. I did yeah. too. I saw like yeah. that he's also really <laughs> Ultra Lord mask. I really appreciate
1: Hang it. Hang on, I'm sorry. I, I, Sheen's father has a uh, Ultraman, or what's his Ultra name? Lord. The Super Ultralord. Ultralord Ultra Lord. helmet, but Sheen got that Ultralord helmet at the uh, theme park. Which Sheen was not supposed to go to. He had to sneak out, which means his dad. Actually, put him only, to bed. only.
2: I think only Carl said his parents wouldn't let him go. I don't think we actually know if Sheen's parents let him go or not, do we? Okay, so it's
1: possible <laughs> It's possible that Sheen's dad also went. Wait, 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 wait.
0: There's the scene specifically where you see Sheen pass out from meeting Ultralord, and then the Ultralord character, like the, the guy in this Ultra Lord is he team, with and says, says, hey, is he yeah. with anyone? And nobody shows up. So obviously <laughs> that's not what happened. Sheen's right, father
1: shows up to that same he opening was, night. He
0: wasn't with
2: Sheen, yeah. but he was there. There's an obvious implication here, guys. You're missing it.
1: He is Ultra Lord. Yes! Yes!
4: Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he is was he that guy? He no, he's actually Ultra Lord. he looks like my son.
2: Oh, he's actually Ultra Lord. That would, that, would, oh. that, would, that would explain his son's obsession.
1: You're not saying he's the Ultra Lord at the theme park. No, You're no. He he's is.
0: literally Ultra Lord.
1: <laughs> and he failed to defend the... the yeah,
0: I mean, Jimmy had oh, to save us. The, the horrible superhero. superhero this, yeah.
3: yeah, no, I'm going to return all of my Ultra Lord. <laughs> now Joey, I prefer your story mystery.
1: because in my story, he told Sheen he couldn't go. Then Dad went to
0: Retro the theme park. <laughs>
1: and then Sheen showed up and they both... Found each other at the same helmet. And then at the end, they were like, we've been through more stuff than this. Yeah, we can put this yeah, aside. We don't need to
3: talk about this.
1: <laughs> we agree that this happened, and we're just going to move on. Because we've been through some stuff together.
0: <laughs> uh, so Okay, so Jimmy apologizes to his parents, and they apologize too. Uh, they admit that it's not always easy having a genius for a son. But sometimes, it's actually pretty awesome. They all arrive home safe and sound. And go on to star in three seasons of an award winning kids <laughs> television show.
3: Oh, yeah. back to the uh, back to the ship. I'm pretty sure one person's parents were eaten, and I will back that up by Ubar was describing how uh, the human texture and if humans are gonna be desirable <laughs> for the chicken. So one kid's on that ship still wandering <laughs> around looking for their parents because Uva <laughs> definitely described the way their bones felt because <laughs> like, oh no. there was definitely there was, one. definitely there was That's definitely
0: be some of casualties. Like to be yeah. I mean I was actually like thinking about that it's so funny you say that Mark I was oh. thinking about that earlier today I'm like it's actually like pretty surprising that nobody else died like that nobody died at all on this whole <laughs> trip you know mm-hmm.
3: Pretty, you're saying that as that kid's in the corner
0: crying right now. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) exactly.
1: No, that's a good point, Martin. Yeah, somebody (laughs) did die, and that kid is in there just grieving. It might be, (laughs) well, no, we know our uh, we know Jimmy's future girlfriend, um, Cindy. Yeah, Cindy's got Cindy's family's fine, and we know Sheen's family's fine, or at least (laughs) his father's fine.
0: It's one of the many Jimmy's unnamed kids. Trying. Some of them that like are really poorly handled Yeah, all those weird yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that's the events of Jimmy Neutron. Um, you did, you did, you, you did forget to mention
2: the the weird. Ending sequence where they all just burp on that soda for like oh yeah I did for a you. very long
0: time <laughs> yeah, we can move on okay. so uh, we only have we don't have that much time left before like I'm literally about to pass out but <laughs> Nick. <laughs> You you did some deep uh, research about the extended Jimmy Neutron canon. Do you want to share some with that some of that with us? Although I didn't watch the movie four times, I did Rookie. kind of
2: do a deep dive into the actual show. I watched a good number. I watched. A- I didn't watch everything, but I watched like a select number of like episodes that I remember really standing out as a kid. Um, there's like the kid. Or, like the episode where they go into Carl's dream. Um, there's like the episode with the haunted pizza. Um, oh, there's the um, <clears throat> there's the episode with the game show, there's the episode with the Nokians coming back, there's the episode where they turn into superheroes, there's the episode with Jet Fusion, the secret agent, which also had a video game spinoff, which led me to then go down the video game in Rabbit Hole, wow. and I looked up the Game Boy Advance video game that I definitely played as a kid, and the Jet Fusion GameCube game that I definitely played as a kid, and I thought, I didn't have time to play them, but I did watch speedruns of all of them to kind of get <laughs> a, an assessment of, uh, uh <laughs> um, what the games looked like, um, and they were definitely the games that I played, it was, it was, it was super nostalgic to look back on those, um, uh, and and then I did a Wiki Deep Dive where I looked on different like um, you know villains from the show. There's like Professor Calamitous, which was the famous professor who couldn't finish anything. Um, there was his daughter Gorgeous, who was like a like 30 year old woman who all of these elementary school kids had a crush on before they learned that she was evil. It was very creepy in retrospect, but I thought it was definitely an interesting tidbit of lore. Um, and Again, not to go too deep into it, but I did want to share my favorite tidbit that I learned was, um, as you, as you, Joey, and Scott kind of mentioned, yes, at one point – jimmy and cindy become like the romantic interests of each other right that's kind of what they build up upon on the season uh, throughout the show right but they're always you know too afraid to admit to each other that they are actually you know in love right so i did find the jimmy and cindy's relationship we article page which is quite extensively long and documents their entire relationship throughout the three seasons of the show um I imagine uh yeah I, I, I'd be careful at the end of that one nick that... <laughs> you, you also look for um, jimmy imagine...
0: and cindy roll <laughs> 34
4: um
2: i will neither uh confirm nor deny but uh, no i did not <laughs> and you're not gonna cut that i already know you're not gonna cut up me saying that i didn't look that up but um i i just i just wanted to i, I mainly bring this up because of all my research at least to me the funniest like piece that i found was on this jimmy and cindy's relationship page it has a couple paragraphs documenting what happens on seasons one through three of jimmy neutron right of which point the show ends and we move on to like planet sheen which is just about sheen right but jimmy and cindy's story ends at the end of season three, but there is a single sentence at the, at the the end of this Jimmy and Cindy's relationship section, which says, as I quote, had the series continued, Jimmy and Cindy would have finally fully acknowledged how pointless pretending to hate each other was ending their rivalry permanently. And I find this hilarious because there's no, there's no like citation or anything. And I 100% believe that this was just an <laughs> overly optimistic fan reader who decided to edit the <laughs> wiki page <laughs> and let us all know that had they kept writing the show, that jimmy and jindy would have put aside their differences <laughs> and the fan fiction that they internalized into their mind would have completely come true because no one was going to edit this this wiki page to prove them wrong that's
1: true you love being the, the wikipedia person who's supposed to go back behind and it's like oh, damn it i don't know
3: because <laughs> yeah, they'd have to put in a citation to disregard that to be like, no, right, no, right. You're now, wrong. the burden like, of
0: proof you're... is on disproving it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I know, right, all right,
1: <laughs> you're right, there. Like, like, To be like, their hatred is so extensive in through to season three that it would be completely <laughs> unacceptable for them to resolve this in season four. Quote. <laughs> from the show. This is just proof
0: that shipping has always been like it's a, a part of like fandom. You know, like somebody, yeah, somebody has <laughs> been ship like was shipping Jimmy and Cindy while watching the show, and the fact that they never got together has always burned them. And so when they're filling out this like intricate wiki page, they're like, "Dang it! Uh, if, I know it's gonna happen." I, 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 they were always hinting at it, but I'll just throw this in here because because we all were thinking it. All right, not just me. Uh, I wasn't the only one. <laughs> yeah. It's Canon now. It's canon now. I edit the wiki. Yeah. I <laughs> control the wiki.
3: Oh my god now.
4: <laughs> <laughs> the fact that the movie came first
1: though the fact that the movie came first though does seem to imply that uh, they always intended for that to be true. And then when the show got big they thought there's more drama. It's got more like a real housewives sort of situation where they're like, We can't have you guys be friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys <laughs> have to hate each other because when it was clear that you might become romantically entangled or at least friendly that like the show loses its bite right we, it. we got three seasons cindy you need to be meaner to jimmy and cindy's like i don't know i really like this guy and they're like no cindy you gotta double down yeah and that probably affected her long term i have to imagine it's
2: true it was it's hard being a child actor like that but i um <laughs> I, I did. There were a couple of characters that I'd completely forgotten about, invo- like, like notably Betty Quinlan. Quinlan, I think it is, who is like Jimmy's one, he like plays the the trope of the main character romantic interest before he realizes that mm. the true, actual non side character Cindy is who he truly, um, truly feels for. And uh, apparently, I think late into season three, there's a confrontation where. Uh, You know, things maybe become apparent, but we're never official. So therefore, someone had to edit the wiki and let us know that had the season continued, it would have actually been canonized. That
0: person is my hero. Please keep doing what you're doing. Please keep uh, putting (laughs) fictional characters from children's television shows in fictional relationships in your mind and sharing it with all of
1: us. But you have to imagine that they died. 10 years ago when this, this is like, was still relevant uh, this is like what they so. were doing
0: as they were getting cancer treatment they were like f- like watching Jimmy Neutron and filling out the Cindy and Jimmy thing and like they get to the last, e- like, the last episode and like it hasn't happened yet but they like die of disappointment because uh it's
4: so dark <laughs> <laughs>
0: they're thinking I
1: don't want to work on a show that's live action because maybe my narrative is going to be undermined so I'm going to write it yeah, for yeah, a yeah. show that is long gone yeah Oh
2: man all right anything else, Nick? We've been going long yeah. enough. That was the main tidbit I thought was really funny so I won't I, I won't go too deep in all that. right uh,
0: only a couple <laughs> little things left and then uh, this episode is over before we wrap everything up as we do on every episode of affable chat or deliver we will deliver our ratings uh nick you have the first one
2: um yes i rated this movie 670 million miles per hour which is the speed of light out of 3.625 e to the 17 miles per hour which is a pro- which is a very approximate speed of jimmy Neutron's space fleet in order to travel as jimmy said 300 million light years away in the course of what appeared to be two days in the
1: movie so nick, that was my the rating most interesting person i've ever met <laughs>
3: <laughs> i love it i absolutely i do love it martin And my equally scientific answer is Goddard suicide bombing an innocent Yolkian guard at a fire.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh, no. (laughs) I forgot
0: about that. Scott, what about you?
1: I'm going to give this movie... Uh, an apple with an actual worm in it that you give to your teacher and then <laughs> shrink your teacher. Because I'm still hashtag save Mrs. Fowl. No one ever went back and made sure she was no, full No, that side. was a loose
0: end.
2: Absolutely was a loose end. <laughs> she's, she's so
1: there, was an an extra, there was an after credit scene. In... Wait, really? There
2: was an after credit scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or a, I think it's a mid credit. I think it was a mid credit scene. Yeah, you see her. She She's like riding the worm out of the school. Do you guys not see that? Oh my
0: god, I totally forgot. What? You, oh, <laughs> you watched the movie four
2: yeah. times.
1: You didn't see the mid credit scene. Times. That's got big. That's got big Targaryen energy. She's she is a drag. She's part of the dragon family now. She's going to become a, a worm rider. And her family, yeah, yeah, yeah it's like on. the dude. He already he already another Dune
0: reference. <laughs> yeah, another Yeah, reference. there you go. Okay, I, I, I give this movie spinning around uh, like endlessly, but uh, by being held on by your neck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Until dead or no? Until you
0: get to your destination. Perpetuity. Perpetuity until you arrive. All right. I'm going to go to work that way tomorrow. Okay. So uh, uh, thank you all all three of you guys for joining me on this Jimmy Neutron journey across the universe. Uh, Please tell the affable chat audience how they can find you. Nick, we'll start with you. Um, I was going to say that, considering the fact I haven't posted on
2: Twitter in seven years, I was instead going to plug my LinkedIn page as a joke, but now I feel uncomfortable plugging
0: my LinkedIn page, <laughs> so I'm not going to tell you what it is. You're going to to find it yourself. It will be in the link, des- it will be in the description.
1: <laughs> and don't, whatever you do, don't search Nick J. Widener.
3: Uh, Martin, your, your turn. Um, you can also find me on Nick's LinkedIn. <laughs> And he will hopefully <laughs> let me know what you guys tell me, probably once a week. Um.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll keep you updated, Martin. <laughs> I'll let you know. Scott, what about you?
1: If you live in uh, the city of Casey in South Carolina and you intend to visit a Board of Zoning Appeals meeting, uh, say hi because I might be there. Awesome. But I won't tell you why.
0: <laughs> okay i'd love to come that's <laughs> fun all right uh thank you all uh for joining me today and thank you all for listening um if you like this podcast you can subscribe to it on itunes spotify google play or wherever you get your podcast i challenge you to find a place we are not on we are on every podcasting platform AffableChat.com is your new favorite website on the internet. There you can find the latest from us and all our social media accounts, including our Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all of which are at AffableChat. And we even have an email address, affablechat at gmail.com. And if you like this episode, then tell a friend about it. All you have to say is, have you considered listening to AffableChat? AffableChat is also live on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Twitch. Um, and you can find Benjamin there reacting to videos and complaining about the poor infrastructure of the United States. Um, So yes, thanks all (laughs) three of you guys for joining me. This has been an absolute pleasure, and uh, thank all of you for listening. Got a blast.
4: Yeah.
0: (laughs) See you guys next week for D&D. Okay. Um, Listeners, last (laughs) thing that I need from you guys is that unusable. (laughs) (laughs)
4: That's so long. (laughs) I thought that was great.